All right, you guys ready? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do this next week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's too hot today. All right, here we go. All right, welcome back. Stop your grinning and drop your linen. <laughs> this week, we're talking about aliens. But first, meeting my co-host, the man to my left. Andrew Cooper. All right, who, across from him. Assholes and elbows. <laughs> what? It's aliens. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just Will, and my linens are perfectly intact. <laughs> I just love that line. <laughs> Today, surprise, we're going to start... With question of the week. Oh, that is a surprise. There you go. You said that in a way that wasn't a surprise, but it actually was a surprise. I got you. So question of the week for you guys. Uh Real quick. Getting right into it. Dive into the deep end. If you guys could wipe your memory Mm -hmm. of one movie and get to re-experience it. Oh, sorry. You really want to re-experience that? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't wait for him to finish. That's that's, that's pretty good. So we were just talking about game shows before we started recording, and on Press Your Luck, you can ring in early, and sometimes the question isn't over, and and they use your answer as one of them. So like you'll like say something like, Harrison Ford, and like as soon as they finish the question, it's something different, like a math they're like, so is it A, 9, <laughs> B, 2, C, Harrison Ford? <laughs> You're just like, oh, I feel like an idiot now. So the question of the week yeah. is if you could wipe your memory of one movie and get to re-experience it for watching it the first time, what would that movie be? So for you guys, I'll give you a couple examples from me. My One of my favorite experience of, experiences ever for watching a, a film for the first time was Fight Club. Because I had no idea what it was about. My grandma rented for me. She's like, oh, here's my teenage grandson. We'll just throw in a movie called Fight Club for him. And I remember watching it and just blowing my freaking mind. It was probably my favorite movie for a very, very long time. Um, That one's up there. Interstellar. So there will probably be a little bit of mild spoilers, obviously, when you're talking Mm -hmm. about Ringspan movie. So for uh, Interstellar, when you find out Matt Damon is in it, like yeah, being surprised with that stellar. for the first time, I was just like, Oh my goodness, one. that was crazy. So to be able to do that again, or the other one is book of Eli yeah, where I had no idea one. what book of Eli was about. And mm-hmm. then literally my wife and I just walked to a movie. We're at the mall and then she's like, Oh, you want to go see a movie? And I was like, Oh, what's this book of Eli? Oh, Denzel's in it. Cool. Let's check it out. And then just going in completely empty face. So being able to re-experience those movies again, like, oh, I had no idea what, what these were about would probably be up there for me. What about you, Andrew? Uh, Cloverfield, I would say. That's a good answer. First time. And for me, it's not even just the movie, but that whole experience because there was a lot of... The mystery. Yeah, there was a lot of outside... You know, it was mid-2000s or... Yeah, I would say. It was like 2007. And that's when... People started using the internet for like little nuggets from the movies. And so there was we, a lot of ARG. Yeah. We got a lot of outside stuff. Like there's a ton of lore about the Cloverfield universe that isn't in the movie. And it was really cool to experience all that. And we were trying to guess what the movie was. And then it finally came out. And I would say that's probably the first one. And then Winter Soldier, just for how awesome. And when they, you know, uh, took down shield that was incredible for me because i was watching the shield tv show and how being in that experience of watching that all go down and that they 
they felt like they could take down a giant organization from the comics. And I thought that was pretty cool. What about you, Ben? What's a movie so you I'm going to cheat and I'll, I'll say Fellowship, but the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy, it would have been, would be awesome to wipe that and then go back and like experience that whole thing again. Mm-hmm. But uh, also Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a real, oh, seen that excellent. Before. Like every time I so, show somebody who's never heard about it or knows anything about it and they're like, that bird hits the wall and they're like, what is this? And it's just an awesome experience. Yeah, being able to see that again. The, fel- the Re-experiencing Lord of the Rings again would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Just getting that whimsical experience of Because growing up on the Ralph, that Ralph Bashke cartoon, it's like that I was so excited for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Will? I'm going to say memento for the pure irony. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, but actually, I... I'm not sure if it's just because there's a poster on behind you, but I was going to say Lord of the Rings as well because I just remember the first time going through that journey was like I absolutely loved that movie, uh, the first one. I mean, there there's so many years in between that a lot changed for me as a person in between that, so I don't know if the second and third were as special to me as the first, but that I just remember that journey felt so good and complete and, and satisfying. Yeah, great but, answers. But an interesting thing... Like, uh, another question would be, like, what movie would you not want to wipe your memory of? Because every time you experience it, you find something new. Because, like, I was thinking, well, what, like, a lot of my favorite movies I don't want to forget because every time the ones that I want to watch more and more are ones that I kind of find something new every time. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think that's the whole point of the question is that it isn't more often than not when you say, uh, re-experience a movie you wipe your mind of it and you experience it again for the first time i would say more often than not, people aren't going to say their favorite movie because they watch that movie over and over and over again and they know every bits and pieces of it they know it inside out they know all the interesting facts and everything and like they, they it almost becomes a part of who they are as opposed to having to go through all that again would yeah. be not a task like don't get me wrong people would want to do it because it was their favorite movie but like i wouldn't want to like forget mad max which is yeah. my favorite movie because again every time you see that movie you see something that you didn't see the the watching before um and it's fun specifically i just when talking about mad max of that you know when certain beats are coming and it just it's an excitement that you get to feel that like there are certain rides i, I compared to like if you went to disneyland or disney world there's certain roller coasters or certain events being there that you're just like i'm i can't wait to go on that ride again and experience all that like um space mountain is one of my favorite rides there and i like i wouldn't want to forget about it and experience it but there are certain events like uh the fireworks as you're walking out of disneyland are so wonderful and so fantastical and magical but like that's something i would wipe my memory and want to experience again because after you see it for the first time you're like i'm good like yeah. I could see it again, but the first time seeing that the the light show or a movie of that type is that you're just like, oh wow! Like the the one of the best parts of watching it is the first time, not the tenth, yeah, twentieth, yeah. or thirtieth. So I I do think there is a a different a differentiation of in between those types of movie. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you know what I'd really like to forget? What's that? Sarah Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Except not that movie because that movie's great. Yeah, that movie's pretty good. <laughs> But don't forget in San Oh, yeah, I did see that. I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, Jason Siegel. Yeah. Great, great lines from Paul Rudd. 
Gotta love Paul Rudd. Yeah. All right. What have you guys been watching lately, Andrew? Uh, so start off one that's just not going to go into too much detail because the TV show was short. Was um, the Quantum Break TV show, which goes in line with the the game. Uh, in itself was okay. Um, the acting's fine, but you—it's definitely a TV show that you can't you can't watch this by itself. Uh, They—that's the difference between you can play the game without watching the TV show, but you can't watch the TV show without playing the game, uh, because uh, not much really happens um, that progresses the plot. It just explains some stuff that has happened in the game that you read about or you see little like after effects of that's where it's it's brought up more in the tv show um the interesting part is after each chapter uh you play a character who makes major decisions and they can see the different branches of what those decisions do and that actually affects the tv show uh so, like, one of the first ones is there is a witness to the whole, like, everything happening. And you can either uh, use her to influence the the, re- the resistance against this company because she's the head of it. Or you can essentially kill her uh, and kind of, like... Which makes her a put, martyr. Mar- yeah, martyr a martyr. Against uh, the company also. Yeah, so it's... I I kept her alive, but I'm interested to see what would the story because she becomes a character uh, for the rest of the game and for the rest of the, the TV show. So it would be interesting to see the different sides and especially like the thing I chose at the very end. And it tells you even it does the whole telltale like Life is Strange. Your friends chose this uh, for the most part. The majority chose everything I chose except for my very last choice. Uh, it said. Uh, 25% of your friends chose this and then like 30% of the population who played this game chose this. Uh, so I thought that was really So it wasn't really the more popular N- Correct, and, which is interesting because I would like to see what the other one would be, uh, but I really, really enjoyed what I chose. I actually thought it played out pretty well. So is the is the TV show based on the game or is the game based on the TV show? It's, uh, it's it was made at the same time. Intertwined. Oh, okay. So they both released at the same time. So, so they, they did that with intention? Yes. yes. It's, yeah. it's part of the game and the okay. actors that like, that they scan like their bodies and where voices are in the TV are in show. The, are in the TV show, yeah. What's what's that show on? Like what network? You have, Xbox. You have to get it's free. Game. You have to it's get free. Game. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. It's all part of it, and uh, like I was saying, is the stuff happening in the show. None of those characters are really main characters in the the game. Okay. Uh, so, so it's there's kind of enough to see in both. Yes, very much yeah. so. There's like a world building. Yeah. Hmm. And it's it's explaining stuff happening in the background that you're like, how does my character even know this stuff? Or who, like, I keep reading about these characters and who are they? Hmm. And then um, a lot of them start showing up at the end in the game. Um, so Is Lance Reddick? <clears throat> Lance Reddick in it? Uh, tall, John Wick. Yeah. yeah, yes, yes. I can't see he it. is a interesting character. And... I've, I will talk about it more. Uh, no, I guess he is part of the more of the TV show than the video game. Uh, I don't understand his character because he's shown as this like charismatic um, face of the company, and then later on is like, oh, but he can take out like four armed guards, and then 
it has like enormous amounts of strength. And so I was just like, I don't, I, his character just came out of nowhere for at the very end, like the stuff happening with his character that they didn't really hint at throughout the rest of the, the stuff. Interesting. Uh, and then saw a movie that we'll probably talk about uh, in a bit called Stuber. We can just talk about it right now. Okay. Uh, it was dumb fun. I would say that's the best way to describe it. Uh, don't expect mind-blowing things from this movie. Uh, what carried the, what carried it was the chemistry between Batista and I'm going to ruin Neil his name. Neil Nanjiani, I want to say. Yeah. That's how you say his name. Uh, guy from... Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. And the Big, Big Sick. Sick, yeah. Uh, and Men in Black International. Is he in that? Yeah, yeah he's, he's the little the alien, alien voice. Oh, okay. Uh, so the movie, I thought it was it was funny. Like, I was laughing throughout it, but other than that... Uh, it was very meh. Yeah. I actually... As I th- a whole. I think Kumail's... Uh, what like just his nonchalant comedy was great. I actually didn't enjoy their chemistry. Oh, really? I thought it was very, yeah, not great. Hmm. Oh, I I agree with Andrew on this. Is I thought their chemistry was phenomenal, and that's what made the movie tick. It felt like yeah. everything outside of when those two together are on the screen, I was just like, eh, I'm good. I did like his daughter. Yeah, I do like her yeah. as an actress, and I thought she did a really good job. And she's in that role. Right? Yeah, she's in Parks and Rec. She's in a couple of different things. Um, I thought she was really interesting. But the other characters, like his boss, was he's just your run-of-the-mill, like, pain-in-the-butt boss. or mm-hmm. Even the... Um, However, that actor is the guy from American Vandal. And so I, I found that interesting just because I think he's... accused. Yeah. I think he's a he's a great actor at what, like... Even in that, that character, he played that character, like, the, on the, point. The douchey bro. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that he's starting to break yeah, up more my, into the money. Yeah, my problem wasn't the acting. No, no, it was, it was just the, the character. characters. Yeah, like yeah. even the the proto girlfriend slash yeah. best friend. Like yeah. she wasn't that interesting no. of a character, and like it just the world wasn't super interesting. Or even with, um, however, the male stripper was a great character. He oh, yeah, was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah I will agree with you. <laughs> um, or even the main bad guy from the raid. Yeah. Like they didn't really do a great job other than just being like, Oh, he deals drugs. He deals drugs to kids and you're just like, Oh and like it just doesn't That's really as much dive as we know much about deeper. <laughs> well he obviously spoiled yeah. for the movie, he does kill his partner at yeah. the very, very beginning of yeah. the movie. So like it just it felt like cheap ways to make him a bad guy for yeah. bad guy's sake as opposed to when you want a really good movie, they take the time to flesh out the bad guy, mm-hmm. so you you want him to lose in a way. Or sometimes movies will make the bad guy feel like you feel for the bad guy. You're like, mm-hmm. they're going about it the wrong... Like Black Panther, where you're just like, he's just going about it the wrong way, but yeah, I enjoy yeah. the character. This was just like, man, he's just... It could have been anyone, mm-hmm. kind of and it, And they made him seem... Like, he was intense fighting, but he just did not seem that intimidating. And so when they couldn't beat him, I was just Giving like, him the bleached blonde hair. And his outfits. Yeah. Like, I like the first guy? outfit because he was at a, a, at a the right next to the Staples Center, so he's dressed in Clippers colors. So mm-hmm. I thought that was fine. The red, white, and blue, yeah. like, biker outfit. And then when he took off his jacket, he was wearing a Clippers jersey underneath. Like, I was fine. But I agree with you. Like, it felt like he was wearing weird baggy clothes and he had, like, one line in the entire movie. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a henchman from the trailers. Like, yeah. he was going to be the main henchman. Yeah. Well, technically. Yeah. Well, he's the main 
bad. He's the bad guy. Yes and no. Yes and no. I would I, from no, the way is. like she, she's like on working his for payroll. Him. Payroll. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I I get that. Yeah. I, it felt like it. I even at that point, it still felt to me like he was a henchman. I know. Like, I That's felt what I'm like saying. There was like, another even bigger <laughs> bad guy but above him. They just didn't. They just didn't talk about him. But the reason why you go see this movie is because you want to turn your brain off, have a mm-hmm. couple of laughs at just the the they do a good job with the jokes of um majority of the time they're just not hard to write jokes quote unquote like yeah. you're just like oh this is really funny not in the clever way just in your the standard funny mm-hmm. way but then they hit you with a couple of different jokes that you're like that felt ad-libbed and you're just like okay now I'm starting to see certain characters flesh out or the actors mm-hmm. be able to um expand upon what they read off the script and those parts were probably the most funny for me personally yeah i think it's interesting to watch uh characters like dave bautista you know i mean the rock had so much success in his crossover and i kind of see bautistas as someone with that kind of caliber of of talent and ability to entertain and be likable do you think this was kind of a, a like a positive step forward in his career i would think so I don't know how for me, not so much because I actually want him to be more in the more serious roles. Uh, Seeing his role in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yeah, that one. uh, Yeah, I think he did the perfect balance with Guardians because his character is serious, but his seriousness was funny. Yeah, I I felt I I I think I can see why when someone watches this film, they don't feel like it's a too far stretch from Drax or the other things he did, but. He is a cop who is a hard ass that has been through a lot in his life and has a disconnection with people, and he's just not emotionally available. Mm-hmm. And I think he played that role really well. And maybe, yeah, maybe, that it's, was, it's maybe not that's his what I, Maybe that's what it. I like. I just I didn't enjoy his character at all in that's, this movie. Maybe like that's a stone's throw from Drax. Really. Yeah. Maybe that's why yeah. I didn't like their uh, back and forth because they were just yelling at each other the whole movie. No, and, and yeah, I understand that. Got grading. I I would say though that like if you look at The Rock's career, he what was there a, a video where he was like the Tooth Fairy or something? Yeah, that was like, Vin yeah. Diesel. No, was that Vin Diesel? You're thinking of the Pacifier, which he's the like babysitter. They, that's yeah, right. Rock he was, was the Tooth Fairy. The tooth fairy. Yeah. <laughs> they all seem to do a strange, weird movie. Yeah. But having said that, I mean, I look at The Rock. I love The Rock, but most of his movies that he comes out with, I don't really care. They're about very. He does every once in a while a really good one, and then yeah. like two or three very mediocre ones. Like I'm, I'm really surprised with Jumanji. Like I really enjoyed that movie, uh, but like you know, I'm not gonna see Hobbs and Shaw. I know you're. <laughs> so I'm about so ready it. for or Hobbs Rampage. and Shaw. Ram- yeah, Rampage. I think there was another the like skyscraper. skyscraper, San Andreas Fault, or oh, whatever that San one. Andreas. Was. Yeah, yeah, like I didn't see that. I didn't. I don't know. All of his movies kind of looked, kind of just like cookie cutter to me. I did love pain and gain. I actually thought that was a really good movie. Uh, but walking tall, Mark Wahlberg is the rundown helped, but I would actually compare this a little bit more to, it's not exactly the same, but it has that buddy cop feel kind of, you get with the run, the rundown with Sean William Scott and the the rock. Yeah. That was a great movie. It's not exactly the same because Sean William Scott is a very capable person Mm -hmm. in the rundown as opposed to Kamel's characters, not capable. Right. Like he's kind of a run of the mill meh guy. Like he even says a line. He's like, Everyone wants to be an overachiever. Everyone wants to achieve and reach their goals. We need more settlers in this world, and I want to be a settler. Yeah. 
and like <laughs> he's so, like this, and that's this, very much he's like this country is built on settlers <laughs> yeah, this, yeah like uh so he plays that role really really well i'm also semi-biased because i a lot of things i've been watching or reading lace uh reading lisa uh, recently or listening to podcast wise like he was on podcast unlocked which is an ign xbox podcast he was on uh bill simmons podcast who he does a lot of sports stuff and interviews people and kamel was on a lot of those and then he did a couple of videos with achievement hunter and he just has this very down-to-earth feel to him and then Mm -hmm. he's a big gamer yeah he doesn't feel fake so it's like i want to root for him as a a person so when i see him in this movie after experiencing him over this last month and in light i haven't experienced him in before i just i enjoyed him that much more He's, within this movie everything i've seen him on i feel like he kind of does the sh- same shtick and I, I really enjoy it every time you but... need to see the big sick okay the big sick because he in the interview with uh bill simmons he talked about where he did the big big sick which he wrote with his wife and it's very much oh, more of a serious okay. movie. it's his it's his story yeah oh how cool. his wife and him met interesting and i would like to see he purposely as soon as that movie came out he says there's a thing with comedians when you're kind of that next big comedian that a lot of uh the companies the universal what have mgm whoever mgm's not a thing anymore uh they take old scripts that they had for like they'll come to Uh, you and they'll be like hey jim carrey almost took this role or adam sandler almost took this or this is an old will ferrell movie that never got never got off the ground and they try to get you to run with it and he's very intelligent he's like there's a reason why those didn't get off the ground especially with how talented jim and adam and Mm -hmm. will are he's like now you expect me to try to take that off the ground i'm not going to do that and he's like i took a year off of films and when i was approached about stuber He's like, it was so much different than The Big Sick. I was like, okay, I can take a chance with this movie because mm-hmm. then people won't associate because they can't compare apples to apples because Big Sick was so well-received. He's like, now I'm worried about what happens with my next film where now everyone's going to just compare it to The Big Sick. And mm-hmm. if it isn't as good, now you know you gotcha. start to lose steam. And so he's you like, can't compare that. Exactly. To, you yeah. can't compare Big Sick to Stuber and as the characters. And he's like, that's the whole <laughs> reason why I, I took it is because it allowed people to have just two different forms of Kumail in their life he sounds like a downright thoughtful person oh mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> yeah totally um yeah that podcast you should absolutely give it a listen they talk about horror movies and like Is that stand-up the, uh, bill comedy simmons? yeah bill simmons cool. i didn't um, know he had a podcast him, oh it's really good and Kumail, before he got really big him and his wife had a video game podcast where they invite uh, celebrities and stuff on and oh. talk about video games yeah yeah he's yeah he's a pretty big gamer so he's oh, like cool. playing through red dead right now and he's played a, a couple other different games so he's really really interesting but i don't know if if you have a list you should watch every movie mm-hmm. but i don't apparently necessarily... except for certain saturdays yeah that, that was a whole thing um shout, shout out to alina for alina, preserving uh, our seats vancouver, vancouver Centopia Mall. Centopia. yeah uh i don't i'm your, you shouldn't rush to the movie your theater daughter to see this. reserved you alina no. alina not, not alina. alina oh okay gotcha yeah. no i got you no uh we tried a list wasn't working and then we went to them, try to figure things out. And she's like, well, we're going to make these two seats that you want broken, quote unquote, in the system. And then when you come on Saturday, I won't be here, but just tell them Alina sent you and you reserve the seats. So huh. we're just like, hey, Alina sent us. They're like, all oh, right, okay. do you know what theater you're going to? And then Ben had his <laughs> ticket. We're like, that theater. They're like, all right, cool. You're good to go. We're <laughs> just like, great. <laughs> like, uh, and then uh, to catch us up on Andrew's All Around Amazing uh, Anime Adventures, I finished season two of One Punch Man, uh, oh. and 
it is a. F- I have come to the conclusion that this season was a filler season. Like it wasn't. There was a. There's filler episodes. You can just say it was disappointing and a bad season. Well, here's the thing: is when season three comes out, it's. I know it's going to be needed. Like this season was needed for season three. I'm actually extremely excited for season three. Uh, however, even the last episode, I was just like. That was your season finale. It was. Ju- it's a filler episode for a season finale. I think it's unfor- I think it's unfair to call it a filler season as opposed to a transitional season. Is that because filler? Okay. The idea okay. of filler is that you can remove it and you'll be fine. Okay. And I do yeah. believe that you need to watch this season to get something because they set up a lot of stuff. They are setting up season three. I think my That's issue is that it's ten season. episodes, and I could see this season being five episodes. That's there. The stuff that the stuff that the stuff that season one did, where I felt, I felt like most of the season was the uh, Fish King episode in season one, where you have people fighting this monster, they can't seem to beat it, and then Sayatama finally shows up at the end and defeats it. That's what this whole season felt like. Whereas the first season had Sayatama actually interacting and doing stuff for most of the season especially with the final fight where he actually does fight um i just watched it again uh yesterday after finishing season two and i was like man that was an incredible episode and i think that might be why i i have this disappointment with season two which is the last episode i watched of season was was incredible and then this starts out and it just to me it never had that feeling of the first season the entire time it felt like I've only watched half of the second season, but it felt like they like broke away from the main thing that made One Punch Man great well, is that it's not this waiting around like Dragon Ball. It's like he goes in there and punches them one time. And yeah, it's not- and I think the issue we're dealing with is that they are following the the manga and to a T to a mm-hmm. T, and the manga isn't super far ahead, and so there is stuff that they do have to drag out a little bit just because then they'll they'll be out like i know for a fact that the stuff that they're going to do in season three is barely done for the manga uh and stuff that i also read into it even more uh, i will back off of the new art team because it's actually not the new art team it's the fact that the last animation director left matsune and he was the reason that they had incredible animation um, because the people that came on came on for him, and so when he left, they left, yeah, and he, so you like built this all star team. Yeah, and they were there for him. Like it wasn't a we're going to pay you money for this. And so when his schedule conflicted with it, uh, he couldn't be brought on for season two, and that it really does show. Um, I think what hurt me the most was in the episode where Sayatama does show up. That the next episode that I watched after the tournament episode. And there's the big giant dude, and it's like, oh, he's super powerful. I actually want to see Sayatama fight him. You don't see that fight. Um, it happens well, off screen. Well, that's because it isn't a fight. Well, to me, they did that in season one, where they did show you how he did the one punch. There was they still made it entertaining, and that's where with this they don't seem to know how to make it entertaining. Yeah, there is a lot of cuts in this, and that again which I think comes more to the animation style of that. The reason why when you watch cartoons or anime or whatever you want to call it is they don't have to do 
the uh, live action cutaway yeah. because you can't show everything in real life. There's things that you have to leave to the imagination or it's just either too expensive to do or you physically just can't do it in live action. Anime is not so. You can yeah. animate whatever you want Which to animate. Which is why you have people flying so, in the air, cutting each other while yeah, they're so flying. Like yeah, so early in season two when the giant uh, raven shows up and it cuts away and then all of a sudden he's just a puff of feathers. Yeah. Like that's something they would have shown in season one. Correct. I, and yeah. I agree with you. This yeah. is a fight that they would have shown in, in season one. But again, for me personally, the reason why I really, really enjoy season two is for me it's more of a world builder. And that I agree with you in the first season – Here's the other thing, too, is that every season you build of a TV show, it becomes harder and harder and harder to make it enjoyable because with the first season, you have the ability to build the character of Sayatama. And mm. that now we've reached a point, and they actually touch on it at the end of season two, of that he's on board because so of how powerful my two he is. favorite episodes in the whole season was actually the episode right after the tournament because it was that episode of Sayatama talking to King of like, hey, I'm bored. King has that speech. And the episode where Saitama was in the tournament. Those are the two episodes I enjoyed. Oh, and the, the Garo fight. I do like Garo as a character. I think it's really because I don't enjoy a lot of the characters. See, I love in, I love in, almost every character they show. And the, the heroes. And the, well... Heroes and villains. The, the heroes that they focus on in season two I don't like. I wanted to see more of Atomic Samurai. I did like Bang and Boom. Uh, I That tournament dude... I just I didn't care about him at all I love as a character, character and so like that was a whole episode on him and then like was that the the guy that was supposed to be like his rival or his in the tournament yeah. the one I think you saw yeah I think yeah I yeah, see that. yeah he's but he's so nonchalant and apathetic and he only fights for fame and for yeah. chicks and like yeah. and if it isn't if there isn't anything in it for him he doesn't care and that he has this character arc that he reaches a point where he finds someone he can't beat and mm-hmm. he now has to call out for help. And then yeah. he realizes that's why we have heroes. I want to be a hero now. Mm. It's, there's more with my power and my ability. There's more to it than just chicks and money. There's yeah. a reason to it because people need help like those yeah. in need, need. And that's why I really, really enjoyed that episode. And I, I like that character and I totally see where you guys yeah. are coming from. I, 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 I'm I not think the, my, that. my biggest thing is I love Saitama. I love the character Agreed. of Saitama, not even just the fact that he can one punch things. I just love this character, and he's he's barely in this season. He is, and yes, that's, I agree. And even to the point where he literally shows up at last minute in the final episode, and it's just like, I didn't watch the first season. Like mm-hmm. all I've seen is probably the first five episode. or six episodes of yeah. the uh, of the second season. But I could just kind of tell that when you have a concept where you know all you you just kill him with one punch yeah. the way to progress the story is actually through other characters which so i'm totally kind of fine they, they balanced it well in the first at the which end i, of the I first think season. the world building in the first season was even better than the second uh, I one. Disagree. just with how they how they had sayatama exploring the world his interactions with people and i i don't know i felt like with the second season i just i think it's, i felt like it didn't expand at all like the the world, except for the Monster Association. I, I totally to disagree because you get way more A-level heroes Like because that's the whole point of the first one. Outside but I of think Human that's... Rider, everyone's a freaking S-level hero and you just get dragon-level threats and they, they up the they ante brought, every They time brought in these characters, but even Garo, when he fights them, he he's like, you guys don't matter. 
Like, and that's, that becomes a point where I was even in the same boat of like, I wanted Garo to whoop their butts. Cause I was just like, they're not even close to well, these. That's because characters. Garo is that type of character. Yeah. But when those a level characters are fighting monsters, you want them to win. Like that's, I guess. No, but like <laughs> I guess I was so on guard that's side why, that's for a lot of those. Where I was like, season, I want the monster. This season introduces <laughs> way more characters, yeah. and then with the Monster so, Association, than so the first season to ever me, did. I think that's where we're differing on world building. I the the introduction of the characters in the first one. I want those to be expanded more instead of throwing more characters at me. Because in this one, the thing that yes, that's what this is: is that they threw a bunch of characters, and they again, that's why I'm saying it's world building, not character building. That's what I would I say guess is I the go, difference. I guess the I'm going season, on The first building, season is, I guess is what I'm here's going. Sayatama. Let's give a huge story and where he came from, what's going on. And then he meets uh, Genoas. That's two episodes. No, I, I got you. Yeah. But like, then you meet him and you get a little bit. And then they give you drip feeding of these other characters that you want to learn more about. That we barely season, do in season two. And then in season two, you get a little bit more drip feeding. Well, yeah. again, you get more with... Uh, tornado you get more with bang and boom you get a little bit of atomic samurai there's so many characters now that you can't take the time to just dedicate an entire like multiple episode arc to a single character no no no. and that's not what i that's not what i want i want them to do what they did in season one which was give you to me the interact we get more out of these characters when sayatama interacts with the characters okay that is that's where i i see it as as for some reason, when they have him interacting with the characters, we like Blizzard. When we got all that from Blizzard, that was her interacting with Saitama. That's when we learned more about Terrible Tornado. We learned more about King through Saitama. I would say Bang and Boom, maybe not, just because we saw their the characters. Tornado and Blizzard. You learn from those two. You do learn a little bit about Blizzard with Saitama, but you get more. No, of she has that whole thing about how her sister when is ahead of. No, when she's but she's thinking about all of that when she's fighting the weird BDS. Go, go as watch well. it again. It's not. It's when they're sitting down in his apartment. No, talking. they talk. No, I'm not saying they absolutely do yeah. build on there, but they dive even deeper when she's fighting the BDSM chick, and I, then I don't agree. She's afraid of like she doesn't want yeah. her sister to come. Because she's so tired of her sister rescuing her all over the freaking place. But as an outsider, I, w- I would say that like the scenes with Sayatama are more interesting and more entertaining um, than like I would when they would introduce a whole bunch of other characters. It's like uh, I kind of agree with Andrew that it doesn't go deep enough to be interesting. It's kind of like you know they they do their whole backstory, which is kind of fun and entertaining, but it's. Also, like, you can only go through that so many times before you just don't care about the next one that comes through. So what I will say is, what character outside of Saitama and Geonosis from the first season do you get backstory in the first season? I would say zero. Because you get Bang and Boom here, you get more mm-hmm. Atomic Saturai, you get more Terrible... Tra- you get more of their background mm-hmm. in this season. Yeah. But you see more... I agree with you. You see more of them in the first season. You feel and, more attached and that's, to the characters. That's where I, I think we're going off of lore building as well. Ben, what did you watch? <laughs> no, I, th- I, I just I think it's you're right. We should just no, have a season whole one. In no, but season one is a, a million times yeah. better than season two. I just I think it's unfair. I'm to not wipe I'm not saying that season, season two, two is bad. I got I'm and I would say don't wipe it away. To me, I think season two could have been done better. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it's story wise though. I think if you had a better am- animation, you could do different things. It's just <laughs> editing the script. 
Because they had the same script writers from season one. It's the same people, man. That's why I'm like, disappointed. Now you can... That's insane. I'm more disappointed when it's the same person when it's not the same person. I think we can all agree the show sucks. No, yeah. no so you? Show just so never good. watch One Punch Man. I, I got you. Or just watch the first season. <laughs> no, you're, out you're out of your mind. Now you're telling people not to watch the second season. It's incorrect. I enjoyed what I saw. I yeah. mean, first and second. I, yeah. I haven't seen it all. I mean, I, I watched the whole it. thing. Yeah. No, I, I gotcha. I stop yeah. things that I don't like. All right, Ben, what have you been watching, buddy? Uh, so my friend is obsessed with a show called Hannibal. And she convinced me to get back into it because I watched, I think, half or the whole first season and it just didn't vibe with me. But going back in, it's it's still like amazing cinematography and acting and story all around. It's really great. Can't wait to get through it all. Yeah, it was enthralling. I sat mm-hmm. down for an episode with you and I was like, oh, crap. I'm like, I really want to watch this show. And Mads Mikkelsen is crazy good as mm-hmm. just an actor and portraying Hannibal Lecter as Is that the same episode we were, I was watching? No. Okay. Because you and Will went off to the side and started talking, okay. and I think Jonathan showed up and oh, you guys okay, were hanging okay, out, yeah, and yeah. I was down there watching it with Ben. And then with uh, Twilight Zone, I watched two pretty good episodes. Uh, you Drive, where a guy uh, hits a paper boy and then like sped, speeds off. It's a hit and run and tries to hide from it and the car gets haunted or something by the paper boy and it's like messing with mm-hmm. the subconscious and then the other one was a guy who's has like no family or something is and is going off into space for like 70 years or something and he meets a girl who he falls in love with right before he leaves and she's like when you come back i'm gonna be like this old decrepit lady and he's like oh that's a bummer but he still takes off communications go haywire in his shuttle bummer bummer yeah (laughs) Uh, communications go haywire in his uh ship so he can't communicate with earth where she put herself into cryostasis so she would be young and he couldn't take the thought of coming back and her being old so he takes himself out of cryostasis on the ship for about 40 years so he comes back old and she's young. Oh, this is the it's this is the the comb in the the comb in the uh, hair or watch. The, yeah, Brush. the comb in the watch. The yeah, comb in the story, watch. story. where the the wife loves her hair so much, and the husband has a watch she cares about, and the wife goes out and buys. She shaves her head, sells her hair to buy a, a nice band. box for or band for yeah. the watch, and he goes out and he sells his watch to buy her a comb. Mm. And then when they give each other the gifts, they're just no use to each other, kind of a thing. Where the, the idea of I that, do for love, yeah, yep, yeah. There's a Mickey and Minnie, yeah, uh, animation yeah. about it. He's absolutely correct. I think this story's been told several. times. I think that's a harmonica. <laughs> yeah, I heard yeah, a much yeah. less interesting story about a loaf of bread where, like, the guy really likes the heel and. He keeps That's giving because it. the heel is the best part. Yeah, of the and bread. he keeps giving it to his wife, and his wife's like, "You're giving me the heel, the worst part of the." Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, perspective. Then, yeah, it wasn't a film, but I went and saw the Heather's play, like a musical, and it was. Tell me, good. Chris, Christian Slater was in it. Yeah, uh, he wasn't. <laughs> the guy who oh. played his character was a lot better than Christian Slater. <laughs> Not possible. <laughs> he brought he brought an intensity that I really enjoyed and he did a phenomenal job. Everybody uh, amazing voices and how is that like great possible? Great man? humor. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> and it it was really fun. I didn't because 
the Heather's the movie isn't a musical so I was really interested in how they were going to turn it into one and I think they did a really good job and a lot of catchy songs wait so this was a a movie or you went to a live theater there was a movie that I watched several a couple weeks ago and then to prepare for this play in oh, Portland that's awesome yeah cool and it yeah, it is was, that it was why a lot of fun. Andrew got an advertisement for the Footloose no, play? No, that was right? when I saw Into the Woods. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to watch the movie. Yeah, and then the last it's one, pretty, pretty similar. I rewatched uh, oh, Ex Machina, <laughs> Ex Machina last night. That movie still holds up. So really, good. really good. I can't wait. I for think you would like his... Ex Machina. Mm. I can't. Wait I don't for know anymore. His, well. uh, I like those letters and those words. <laughs> his, his next film, and he's also what is his next film? Uh, he just did, he did um, Arrival. Uh, no, no, Annihilation, that's Danny, isn't it? Yeah, Annihilation. Annihilation. Alex Garland. Uh, so it's like time something, but then uh, several years later down the road, he's uh, writing a twenty-eight months later movie so that yeah. should be interesting oh just my announced goodness it. it's funny he didn't do weeks but he did days i'm so, oh mm. my god i thought goodness. danny boyle did days no he wrote it danny boyle wrote it i thought he did oh no, you mean Alex this guy garland wrote, wrote oh, okay, it okay okay uh oh he's doing the halo original screenplay and it's timekeeper i don't know what that is uh, but i'm in okay uh, yeah, i'm Alex in for Garden. whatever it is i'm all about it yeah. is there anything else nope okay well what you've been watching buddy well Last week, or yesterweek, I should say, uh, Andrew and Ben went and watched Yesterday, mm-hmm. which I did not go and see it with them because I'm not a Beatles fan, and mm-hmm. I catch a lot of crap for that because just <laughs> they don't do it for me. But having said that, I asked myself, what band could I say is hands down better than them, superior in every way, which the first thing that came to my mind was Queen. So okay. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, okay. That's the first thing that came to my mind is Queen. Yeah. It's because it's uh, true and accurate. <laughs> I think, I think, I do think there's an argument. And not objective I whatsoever. I don't think subjective. it's, I don't think if you're a Beatles fan or a Queen fan that it's fair to be to wipe the other one away to be like, Queen sure. doesn't stand in the same, you can't even mention Queen with the Beatles and vice versa. Like I think they're, people have their different opinions, but in my opinion, Freddie Mercury is the most talented musician that has ever graced this earth. I do enjoy Queen more, but I th- I enjoy Beatles also about on the same level. Yeah. I, I just, when I think of, you know, lyrics, I'd give it to Queen. Vocals, hands down. No no question. Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury's better than everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, but then, like, uh, musicianship, like, Brian May is incredible. One of the most influential Roger guitar players. Is that the drummer? Uh, perhaps, but... Yeah. But I would say yeah. sensation Beatles would take it. Like the movement that they built from Sure. I think mm-hmm. they opened up a lot for other people yeah. to uh follow in. Yeah, they're trendsetters. Yeah. Um but I like you take what they did then and try to do it afterwards, I don't think you get the same thing. Which well, is that, why I wasn't real big on the premise of yesterday, because I don't think if you just isolate those songs and put them in another era that people accept them the same way. Yeah. Or that they have the same influence. That they kind of was in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ed Sheeran kept trying to change the lyrics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, and dude. It, it wasn't even just that. He, the the guy who's playing and singing them, it's it's more him. That the songs are good songs, and so like he's yeah. able to bring them to life. 
and that's that's where yeah it gets popular because yeah. of that. Sure. Well, my fa- my favorite song of all time. My three favorite songs of all time. Two of them have Beatle. Beatles surround it. Let it be is my favorite song of all time. Really, yeah. okay. wish, wish, yeah, X gonna give it. Wish you were here by, <laughs> uh, wish you were here by Pink Floyd is my second favorite song, and then Imagine by John Lennon. Oh, okay. So, be, even even though I agree with you, I love yeah. Queen more. I love Freddie Mercury more. It's just funny that literally two of my three favorite songs of all time have Beatles ties. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah, but overall, uh, the movie was good. Um, anytime I see a biopic, I'm usually pretty half-hearted about it because I feel like you get a slice and a very biased perspective of what actually happened. And so it's like, okay, Hollywood's spoon-feeding me what they want me to yeah, see. Yeah, they want you, you know? to see. Uh, but overall, I thought they did an excellent job at showing just the expanse of their their musicality and the events that surrounded the songs that they wrote. And kind of like you go from, uh, you know, A Night at the Opera into where like Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury wants to write a song that people can dance to. And they're mm-hmm. like, what you're describing is disco. We are not writing a disco song. And then, you know, the bass player starts bump, 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 bump. And I've never thought of another one bites the dust as a disco song like ever. And it was kind of just interesting to see, you know, like Freddie Mercury exploring homosexuality and like the gay nightclub life and like how that kind of influenced their musical direction and kind of how they stayed together as as a unit and they kind of wouldn't betray each other and they kind of all stuck together when of course record labels were like bohemian rhapsody is a terrible mistake it's a six minute song you you know it's never going to be successful on the airways and they kind of stuck through it so it overall the movie's really good the uh the guy who plays Freddie Mercury, I Remy think, did a, a, a fantastic job. I think they made a good decision by using audio from Freddie Mercury because any imitation of Freddie Mercury is just gonna not do it for yes, you. Yes, it would be unfair to try and it's like yeah. Whitney Houston. Like if you yeah try to get yeah. people to imitate Whitney, it's just not gonna go well. Yeah, I mean, Freddie Mercury's th- a different level. Yeah, there's I, a lot of people like, that could gonna... imitate Whitney Houston because uh, you know. Freddie Mercury is so unique that it, when whenever you try to imitate him, it's I just think that's true. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, yeah, he's tier one. I was just yeah, I was yeah. mentioning like, like that next tier of people that I people think would have a hard time. Taron did a fantastic job imitating uh, Elton John. Yeah, but yeah, Freddie Mercury, I I can't imagine anybody sounding quite like that. Yeah, Mm-mm. even fantastic singers just can't imitate him you know they can sing his songs well but mm-hmm. they can't imitate him yeah the thing he's done yeah the thing and, he does is incredible. uh the guy that played brian may looks exactly like him it's insane and, yeah <laughs> i was just like i that i think that is brian may yeah. he's just playing himself. <laughs> um overall super enjoyed it um yeah yeah this is a good movie good movie and for a biopic i think it's about as good as you're gonna get so now that I think about it, the one, I don't know how involved you guys are. The other one I may bring up just for Freddie Mercury is Maynard James Keen from Tool, where if you watch professional uh, singer coaches, I've watched a couple of videos when they watch him sing, they say the things he's capable of doing in the positions he does them in. Because a lot of times when you sing, like how your posture is and the way you conduct yourself is mm-hmm. extremely important. And a lot of times Maynard is like hunched over and the, uh, uh, vocals he can hit the highs and what yeah. he does with his voice is just so incredible that it's like 
nigh impossible for someone to imitate that in the way he performs it. He is an enigma. Um, even in his genre, I don't see anyone like him. Yeah, I agree. And, and is, which is very strange with as popular as they are. You would think that people would try to imitate him as much as they could, yeah. and I don't. I don't see that happening. Yeah, for those who don't know, he's yeah. lead singer of Tool, Perfect Circle, Pusifier. So. Yeah. Anyways, I could get off on uh, discussion with music because that's put a lot of time into that. But uh, <laughs> the other thing, I watched a couple of other things. I caught up on uh, Good Omens. Finished the first season. Only season. Only yeah, season. it's going to be yeah, the only the season. season. Uh, are they not continuing it? No. No, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, oh, really? the book. it's a book. Oh, and that's, are, that's a, that was all. Oh, really? Are they going to write another book? Okay. Neil the the okay. other writer is dead. It's Terry Pratchett. And his will was that Neil Gaiman makes this TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Miniseries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good to know. Yep. Um, overall, I mean, super enjoyable. Kind of hard to make sense. Like, And I think that that might be part of built into its structure of just like, don't take this too seriously. Um, it's kind of having fun. Because like when the aliens came in, like mm-hmm. that totally threw me for a loop. That was uh, just the the Antichrist having powers. Oh, was it? Like okay. it's it's all those magazines you see reads. So he's uh, making these things real. Okay, I, I was trying. I was like, how do they fit into all yeah. this? This <laughs> is crazy. It's just his imagination make manifesting itself because of his powers. I see. Is that kind of because the other thing that was weird to me was how they defeated the the four horsemen. The four horsemen and, that, and uh, my dad actually said like they kind of nailed that because the four horsemen are kind of this uh humanity's interpretation like they're not really real beings Hmm. and that it it did that really well interesting yeah I, i think that's that is interesting i know that last episode i i used the term religious mythology and i wonder if some people might have trouble with that because uh to me when i use that expression uh, twenty thousand christians do apparently yeah (laughs) well when i use that expression it's usually in reference to the the things mentioned in the very prophetic books that are like image driven where Mm -hmm. it's like not clear what's literal and Mm -hmm. what's figurative well like satan being the big demon looking thing like yeah that's obviously an interpretation of the myth something that's kind of been perpetuated for hundreds of years that mm. like i don't know exactly how we got here yeah but. and uh gaiman does a lot of that in his books yeah in his uh graphic novels and books like yeah you did the north mythology book which is really really well and done. american gods which is like it, it takes that uh that thought that these gods are kind of created and live because of belief in them oh yeah can, and and there's like, yeah. and there's new gods in America that are like the god of technology, the god of government, the god of the internet, and that's a really interesting idea. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, they made a show out of that, right? American yeah. Gods. First are season. They... First season was the same director as Hannibal, and it's really really good. Are they about to do season three? Maybe. I never watched season two because he the was, director left. He left. Yeah. yeah. Was that a Netflix thing? Stars. Amer- stars, American Gods, or stars. it's called Stars. Stars. No, 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 Stars. It's on the channel. Oh, stars. it's on Stars. <laughs> yeah, not. I guess I won't see it then. <laughs> the graphic novel is. Oh yeah, graphic yeah. novel is pretty good too, yeah. and the book, but it's really, really long. But it's a really good book. Yeah, I like that. Also, that the concept is really interesting. The, you should definitely read the Good Omens book. It's pretty short and really, really good. Is it? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I did notice some of those. 200 pages, three. Oh, well, I thought when I was looking into it, I thought it was in the 300s. And yeah, I, w- I would argue there. that's not. Because American short. Gods, American Gods is not short. It's like four, five hundred. compared yeah. to Good Omens, American, uh, g- compared to American Gods, Good Omens is yeah. like a quick, I would say if read. you're in the mid 300s, I would say that is an average book length. So yeah. if your book is 200 or less, I would call that. Or mid two hundreds or less, I would. I just my it's short and amazing. I noticed that in the show, some of the lines that were there, I think, would have been funnier read than the way they were delivered. Like Michael McKeon when he's like, "Well, should I pop the question? How many nipples do you have?" (laughs) Oh yeah, that like that guy like all continually bringing up the nipples. Yeah, the aliens is like, "Well, how many nipples do they have?" Like I think I would have enjoyed that more in a book than the Mm -hmm. way. Even though Michael McKeon's brilliant, I. I don't know. I think it would be better in the book than the way he delivered it. And uh, when Michael Sheen was uh, taking over that lady, and she's like, "We gotta go get the Antichrist," and he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't deal in that." Like, well, how many nipples does he have? And she, she's like, "Loads of them." Like, Let's go. You are correct. Then it's two hundred eighty-eight pages. Nice. Finish. So uh, the other thing I watched was uh, Alien in preparation for Aliens. And we'll probably discuss kind of the differences and nuances of that, but I will just say I loved the movie. I think it's a masterpiece of suspense, and everything that they did is about as perfect as you can get in 1979. And I love Sigourney Weaver now. (laughs) I've had a, not a crush, but just an admiration of her ever since first seeing Alien. Which is why when she appeared at the end of Kevin the Woods... We yeah, like, yeah. We, that was like Ben a, and I were like, "Oh my oh. gosh, <laughs> like so cool." Well, the, uh, Joss Whedon and Goddard even talk about that. They're like, w- when they were thinking about who could this be, mm-hmm. it wasn't that Sigourney Weaver is a horror icon; is she's an icon within yeah that world that is connected to it, and that they couldn't think of a, a better person to make the director in Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Anthony. So uh, I watched One Punch Man. So let's go on another forty-five minute long talk about whether or not it was good. No, I, I watched I it. Per- I no, personally, no, personally, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. I totally agree with people's critiques of it. It yeah. just it hit a better tone for me personally. Yeah, but how season three of Stranger Things? Uh, I, I we didn't we didn't we haven't seen it. I like honestly, I may never watch Stranger Things again. It, you didn't finish season two. No, right? I never watched season yeah. two. I watched an episode of season two. I'm good. Like I am happy <laughs> with the one season of Stranger Things I saw, and I'm fine. Maybe I'll watch it again. But from what I've heard from people about season two, about season three, it seems like it's. I don't know. I feel that it's not must watch anymore. And when I try to watch it, it never is the beat I want to hit personally Currently, at that time yeah. so th- it, it's not saying i uh think it's a bad show or that people shouldn't watch it it's just not for me right now that's kind of a thing like, personally for me it's the opposite where it's a i gotta binge it because yeah love, oh I love totally world. Uh, yeah i totally respect that like for sure i might have an opinion next week We'll see how this week goes. Please. I need... I need. <laughs> so... I'm always alone in this. <laughs> I don't... So IGN recently did a poll of your favorite season of Stranger Things, and far and away, number one was season one, but season three was not that far behind. Yeah. I think it was like 50% said, or 55 or 60% said season one, but like 35 said season three. Hmm. And season two was significantly 
obviously significant, like 10%. Yeah. With, with season three, I think they hit a much broader audience. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. No, but I watched Stuber, so we've already touched mm-hmm. on everything. I've, I've watched oh. Hannibal's on my list. It's just tough to watch shows like that mm-hmm. with a five-year-old. Yeah. And, it's very, and now, very yeah, dark. And then now having an, another kid on the way. So trying to find that time where it's a show my wife and I could watch. Because that's the other thing. Like Vikings is on hold right now for me because mm-hmm. it's a show I want to watch with my wife. So a lot of times there's a lot of these great shows I really, really want to watch with my wife. They just have to be appropriate at certain times. Mm-hmm. Just because right now with her being pregnant, she's very, very tired. So when my daughter goes to bed, she goes to bed. So there's not times mm-hmm. where it's just my wife and I watching something my daughter's always in the room so with vikings or hannibal this is just not something i'm going to put on with my daughter in the background kind of a thing but you know i think that's a good decision yeah i mean if my daughter like i believe if your kid is like i we watched crazy stuff when my daughter was like less than one they're a baby i just don't think they're gonna acknowledge what's going on and it's not like i turn her and she her... definitely acknowledged it when we were watching uh, <laughs> game, game of thrones, thrones and oh, there was the, oh yeah, yeah. The so yeah kid burning yeah, on yeah. The... <laughs> like no 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 turn away turn away um but it's not like i turn her her swingy seat towards it and like oh look at all the death and they're growing mushrooms on dead people you know that, that's a hannibal thing but um like you know obviously but her being in the room and us turning down the yeah. volume that's, you, there's certain things you can get away at that point anyways, on to our next segment of Can You Guess the Movie? And this week, I think I've done it. I think I may have found the best movie that you guys may not guess, but it's reasonable. Okay. It's a Tropic Thunder. Actually, I take that back. You absolutely are going to guess this movie. (laughs) Anyways, here we go. So every week we do Can You Guess the Movie? I give Uh them different tips on genre, year, tagline, director, things like that, and they have to try and guess the movie. They each get one guess. And is it we just sci-fi off. action thriller? Because <laughs> I have the perfect movie for it. It is a sci-fi action thriller. I have source, code. Code. Uh, source code. Alien 3. Source code? How did you know it was a sci-fi action thriller? <laughs> source code. How did you... Is it source code? No, it's not source okay. code. <laughs> it is not source code. How did... Ben. <laughs> <laughs> what is your guess? Blade Runner. It's not Blade Runner. He said, are, well, you, are you going with your answer? Aliens 3. <laughs> it's not Aliens 3. It's gonna, uh, it came out in the year 1990. Ah. Is it, it's, so oh. it's a sci-fi action thriller? Yeah, it is a sci-fi. Okay. Uh, a t- a correction, action sci-fi thriller is action the exact order it was given. sci-fi thriller in 1990. 1990. The year 1990. It's not Blade Runner. It's not. Uh, Blade Runner was earlier than that. Yeah, that was earlier. Blade Runner was 80s, 70s. Yeah. Oh, early oh. 80s. Oh my gosh. There's got, oh man. Oh. I mean, there's very few 1990 in that time. I'm just trying to figure out like what is was considered sci-fi. Last action hero. Not no, last action like hero. That was 95. Around there. You guys want to hear the tagline? Wait. Wait. I'm two. What's that? Terminator 2? No, it is not Demolition. Terminator oh, 2. Oh, wait, wait. What am I thinking? Yeah, Demolition Man. It is not Demolition okay. Man. I love Demolition Man, though. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, tagline for the movie, get ready for the ride of your life. That's... I'm so happy. Like as so soon as I saw that was the tagline, I'm like, that's this is perfect. Get ready for, for the, the ride, ride of your okay. life. Sci-fi action thriller. Oh. I'm gonna. I'm okay. just gonna give you guys is the it, director because it's not gonna wait, help wait, you. Oh, really? Is okay. yeah, Paul Verne Hoeven. 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 
V-E-R-H-O-E-V-E-N. Oh, man. Verohaven. You might have gotten this with this one. No, Judge, you're going to get it with the actor. Dread. It is not Judge Dread. That was later. That was was later? Was thinking, yeah, that was... When did Judge Dread come out? Mid-90s. Yeah, 90s. Later 90s. 97, Early I bet. 90s. He says So 97. what's the tag, What's the tagline again? Uh, get oh, ready get for ready. the ride of your life. Get ready for the ride of your life. Gremlins. Jeez. It is not Gremlins. 1995 was Judge Dredd. Uh, the Chase. It is not The Chase. Okay. Ben? I, uh, oh, what'd you guess? I, did, I guess Judge Dredd. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You just trust it. Actor. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That still doesn't help. The Running Man? Was... It is not Running Man. Oh. Uh, 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 oh, I know what this I, is. I know, no! Uh, I know what it is. I already guessed. I, Shoot. I know... They made a remake Mars. of Mars. Oh, don't you say that. Mars. Shh. Oh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Oh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Ah. So I had I just didn't have the name. Yeah, I was yeah. trying ben to got it. I'm like, Dang it. Running Man, Demolition Man. Because I see Will gave it to me. Yeah. So I knew I, I knew I wanted to do Total Recall. How many nipples? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got three. She's a three-boob lady. Uh... I, w- I knew I wanted That's to do Total Rico. Line? That that was the thing that was so great. I I went because IMDb, because the the uh, simulation kind of is like a ride. Like yeah, a, I understand it. Yeah. but I was it is. I very, was so happy when like I looked nothing up Total Mars Recall and anything. that was the tagline. I was like, "This is perfect." They're never or, gonna get it off the tagline. Get ready to be recalled or something like that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Okay, here we go. Meat potato time. Join us. We're in a, on an express elevator to hell, baby. Going Time, down. Going down. Time to talk about... In the pipe, five the by five. 19, so it's just going to be... It's just going to be... Yeah, we're just going to quote Hudson. Yeah, but yeah. where's the damn beacon? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. Game over. Man. I like to keep this handy for close encounters. Just, man. <laughs> just, just can, Ripley, just consider us your own personal kill squad. These guys might not be up on current events, but we're getting our asses kicked. <laughs> oh, what are we going to use? Harsh language? <laughs> and that has been Aliens. <laughs> Reel it in episode 12. Yeah. Maybe we got him demoralized. Aliens is a 1986 American sci-fi action film written and directed by James Cameron, produced by Gail and Anna Hurd, which is actually important because you will heal her name in a little bit. And starring Sigourney Winner, Weaver, of course. It is a sequel to the 1979 film Alien and the second installment in the Alien franchise. The film follows Weaver's character Ellen Ripley as she returns to the moon where her crew encountered the hostile alien creature, this time accompanied by a unit of space marines. Additional roles are played by Carraway Hen, Michael Baheen, Baheen, Paul Reiser. Bean. Huh? Bean. Is it Bean? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's just... Spelled B-I-E-H-N. Mm-hmm. Bean. Lance, Lance Hendrickson. Jeanette Goldstein. William Hope. Al Matthews. And Bill Paxton. Um, Golden Herald. David Gillier. And Water Hill of Brandywine Production. Who produced the first film and its later sequel. Served as executive producer on Aliens. They were interested in a follow-up to Alien. As soon as its 1979 release. But the management at 20th Century Fox. Postponed those plans until 1983. Brandon Wine picked Cameron to write after reading his script for Terminator. When that film hit, became a hit in 1984, Fox greenlit Aliens with Cameron as director and a budget of approximately $18 million. Aliens was released on July 18th, 1986 and grossed over 
$180 million worldwide. It was nominated for seven Academy Awards, including Best Actress, Actress for Sigourney Weaver, winning both sound effects editing and visual effects, and it won multiple Saturn Award effects. Empire Magazine voted it the greatest film sequel of all time. Aliens was the seventh highest grossing film of 1986 in North America. Did I hear that right? The best yeah. sequel of all time? Yeah, the greatest sequel of all time is what Empire Magazine voted. Mm. I'd, is there anything that instantly comes to your mind that you would say is a better sequel? T2? Yes. Yes. I mean, I liked Back to the Future 2, but I don't think most people mm, did. Yeah. I didn't like it. I like Back to the Future 2. Yeah. I don't think it's better than the first one. Oh, better than Empire well, Strikes yeah. Back is better than A New Hope, in my opinion. That's yeah. No, I, yeah, that is correct. I don't think Aliens was better than Alien. That's true. No, yeah. you're right. T two is significantly better than T one. On some levels, yeah. Probably most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different. What do you guys think, Andrew? Uh, of this movie? Yeah. Oh, I love this movie. It's a. Uh, it's the the interesting thing is the. It does what Jurassic Park Lost World doesn't do. So the first Jurassic Park is super suspenseful. It has that horror element. And the second one tried to replicate that with Lost World. And it fails. Uh, And then every Jurassic Park movie after that fails, in my opinion, trying to do the same thing. Where Aliens, I, I believe that James Cameron knew he couldn't replicate the first Alien. Yeah, well, Ridley Scott did. Yeah. Uh, And so... He brought the next level, I think, what people actually wanted, which was more of the alien itself. And so bringing more of the aliens, expanding on the lore of who they were and the xenomorphs and everything like that, I think that's what, in my opinion, needed to happen. It's, and I think that might be why it's counted as one of the greatest sequels of just it took what people wanted from what the first one gave them and expanded on it. I think I, I I would say it's in my opinion it's different than expanding on it uh, yes I think expanding is a good word for it but the idea and we'll touch on this a little bit more of how different yet same these two movies are. alien yeah. and aliens are like all you need to know like if you look up alien it is a horror sci-fi film as opposed to aliens is a, an action sci-fi. action adventure sci-fi thriller yeah um, source code. Source code. Yeah, source code. Yeah. <laughs> source code. And their ability to still be, like, you can watch both those movies, and Will, you can touch on this because you recently just watched both of them in uh, close proximity to each other, is that they still feel like they're a part of the same world. Uh, oh, man. Well, and you have, to, of, and you have to know that Aliens takes place, what, 57. 57, 57 years it's after 57 the first one. Years after. And that, so. I think, was a a writing trip to, to make up for a lot of things they wanted to change. Um, I think the, the really the only thing that connects the worlds is the aliens and then the androids. Um, okay, interesting. And Way- Wayland. But. Well, they, the, they, they weren't called Wayland. It was just the company in the first one. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yeah. Wayland. Okay. Um, it uh, was Wayland, but they just did, they just called it the company. Other than that, you don't, like in the first Aliens, you don't really see a lot on a planet and kind of what that looks like. It's mostly taking place on either a ship or the alien ship. And the alien ship is basically the same 
or at least the the structures that you see in aliens it's kind of the same but i I don't know i feel like the human element is much different in aliens than it was in in the original alien yeah absolutely what about you what would you think um well funny story uh when me and ben were starting to watch this he's like uh you know, talking about how Ridley Scott did the first Alien. He's like, oh, James Cameron did this one. And I'm, my question was like, oh, does do a bunch of people just say stupid stuff the whole time? <laughs> and he kind of chuckles and he's like, well, it's iconic <laughs> stuff. It's iconic language. And uh, I think we need to change from the Jesse effect to the James effect. And James add Cameron that, effect. Add that. If this was directed by James Cameron. Not directed. If he written. wrote the screenplay. Would it be? Would it be better? What might it sound like? Because, well, so I don't know if you know this, but James Cameron wrote, co-wrote the screenplay to uh, First two. Blood Part Two, and yeah. so like you think of the drastic difference between First Blood and First Blood Part Two, Aliens and Alien Two, it's just like over the top Hollywood Alien and explosion. And yeah. I w- and well, technically it is Alien Two because the very next movie is Alien Three. Yeah. So. No. It's, I, yeah, but I see what you're. I see what you're saying. But I mean, overall, like I think this movie is uh, kind of uh, it feels diametrically opposed to me. Like, like Bill Paxton's performance is a perfect example of like I'm not sure if this is terrible or awesome, and it might both. be both. It is both. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that is kind of aliens in a nutshell. It is both awful and awesome at the same time, in both ways. Like I the the screenplay is terrible but it's creatively terrible which makes it really interesting and fun the the uh, monster design is unparalleled i think the alien design is the coolest thing i've probably ever seen in a monster in a movie give it up to hr geiger yeah yeah Yeah. i think that unparalleled just like even the way the aliens function and how like they bleed acid they drool it uh you know the the Face huggers, and I don't know if that's the official name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's face huggers. The way everything works in the movie, they're is not very so... cre- face huggers, chest bursters. Just, they just yeah, call yeah. it. They call it as they see it. Drones, yeah. yeah, drones, queen, yeah. But I mean, the way everything functions and the way you learn about how they function is such a great process in the first Alien movie, and then you get to kind of expand on that in, mm-hmm. in the second one. Have you seen any other Alien movie? Uh, I did a long time ago. I think I saw Alien versus Predator, and I just I think I remember not really understanding what the heck was going on at all, or why anything was anything, and so I don't <laughs> really have a club. good reference for no, I, even my opinion of that. Yeah, I got you. My first Alien movie was Alien Resurrection with Winona Ryder, and so like Ron that Perlman. was yeah, that's how I jumped into <laughs> the world. Um, you can't go wrong with Ron Perlman. No, Ron <laughs> he's Perlman. he's great in this one. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I enjoyed that movie. I remember watching that movie growing up, and I was like, "Oh, what world is this?" They went in a like, I st- I still hate three the most, but four is close behind. Not because I think it's an interesting movie; it's just not a great alien movie. And that's mm. and and that I think that's we'll talk a, later it's, it's about a, James Cameron, but I think a that's director, an interesting a director that's very different from all the others. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, right there with you. I'm really happy to have been introduced to the Aliens franchise, though. Like, because I'm 
I was super stoked after I saw Alien, and I'm like, oh man, I understand why Ben collects all this stuff, and we have the coolest cookie jar on our. And I, I, I just I love the mystery behind the xenomorphs, and that's what kind of a thing that Ridley ruined for me because With Prometheus. He, and he directed and... Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and it explained everything, and it was not great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, still I, I enjoy I enjoy the movies because they have xenomorphs in them, but just that story was just the writing in them were so bad. I, and though for me, with we don't have to spend too much time on them, but with Prometheus and Alien Covenant, obviously he's she's not in as much, but with Prometheus, with Naomi Rapace, and then obviously Michael Fassenbender, like and uh, those two are Charlie's Theron. Yeah, those two people are really really awesome, and then you mm-hmm. get Michael Fassenbender and Alien Covenant, and it's an where he makes more that with interesting. himself. Kisses himself. Yeah, I mean, if you're Michael Fassbender, when you make out with Michael Fassbender, <laughs> true that, duh, true that, duh. <laughs> like, come on, Andrew. Like, what do yeah, you think yeah, about? Yeah, right sorry, now? sorry. No, I got you. Where it almost there's this almost this reverse, in my opinion, reverse Blade Runner effect, where Blade Runner is really really interesting because the world it builds, and then obviously Blade Runner twenty forty nine is an incredible movie, and I don't think the first one was that great. Whereas opposed to Aliens, it's like. You could argue that they only get worse the more movies that come out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Some people yep. like Aliens more than Alien, which I think is fine. But the idea of that, what That's... keeps people still attached to the movies is the world building and the yeah. lore and I the al- idea like I always say about like, ben. Alien is a much better movie. I just have a love for Aliens more because of the fact it's bigger and explains yeah. more about the creatures. And we talked about this last... And you see them act as aliens. Well, yeah. So. Aliens so slow that yeah. the first it was a guy. Minutes it was a guy in a suit. ...is important, but not really memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas all of Aliens is like something to see. Yeah, something. it's very, very interesting. You don't even see the first xenomorph until like an hour into the movie. Yeah. Where yeah. it's this slow burn, and then once it catches fire, it just explodes it it's so weird the way that the actors play in each movie because i the thing i loved about alien was that i felt like they all acted like humans even though it was futuristic because the tendency for actors in a futuristic movie is to play it like really cold and detached and non-emotional and i feel like those actors still acted like humans in that situation and really nailed it where and that's i think dan that was the whole uh reason dan abandon created it is he he was tired of those like star trek movies where it's just yeah. so clean pristine and unemotional he wanted a truckers in space kind of film yeah and, <laughs> and i think the other thing with alien like because you talked about the acting where like there's an argument that aliens doesn't really have great acting in it but like alien at the same like don't get me wrong. I I enjoy Sigourney Weaver a great extent, but like Bill Paxton is probably the next person who who made it the biggest after that. But like there isn't like really really good actors in in Aliens. But in Alien, you have a lot of prestigious actors that have been around for like John Hurt, back, back, John Hurt or John Hurt. Ian Holm yeah. or that, now Sigourney Weaver. That's and, not entirely true because Alien. Um, Tom Skerritt was actually very prestigious back then, and he's um, he's a, a great actor. And I, that's what I you're saying. Him. That's what that's I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying, that's what I'm saying. That with saying Alien, that. Oh, Alien, yeah. Alien yeah, yeah. had these incredible prestigious actors in it, as opposed oh, to okay, Aliens. Gotcha. Like, yeah, they hadn't made it yet. Yeah, which which I, I like. 
honestly watching aliens if i had seen bill paxton for the first time i'd be like get this guy it, out of here. totally totally you know? agree and then it's i was kind of trying to figure out what happened with these actors and both him and michael bean were in tombstone and i was like oh that kind of shows they are actually great <laughs> really good well, actors Ma- michael know? bean was also in the abyss and oh, terminator okay. one like and personally the abyss is my favorite james cameron movie he, um, michael bean really became that uh the the was Michael Bean the love interest? In yeah, he actually was in Terminator 1. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's Reese. Yeah. He Carl really Reese. wasn't Carl bad Reese. in Aliens. Oh. No. He, he, no, no, he, no, no. He's no. Hicks, isn't he? Yeah, he's Hicks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was huh? trying to think. Because of that whole uh, Hicks, he's Hicks, I'm Hudson. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, always, with Bill Paxton. Yeah, when um, Gormley is like, Gorm. yeah. Oh, is it Gorm? Gorman. Is it just Gorm? Gorman. Oh, Gorman, yeah. there you go. We're the new lieutenant. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, calm down, Hicks. It's like, I'm not Hicks. He's Hicks, sir. I'm Hudson. <laughs> but uh, my one of my favorite lines actually happens before that is when they wake up out of the, the cryo chambers and Bill Paxton's like, oh, Sarge, my feet are cold. He's like, what do you want me to do, get you some slippers? And he's <laughs> like, would, would you, you do that, please? And he like <laughs> he like pulls down his, his eyelid. Look he's like, my... look in my eye. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, I love this movie already. It was really, really good. What about you, Ben? Like like we, we've alluded to, this is, I mean, you, you can't tell the story yeah. of Ben without <laughs> aliens. So yeah. what do you I've, think, buddy? I've yeah. loved this movie so much. I love these xenomorphs. And it's kind of funny because back in the day, I was a real scaredy cat. Horror movies, no way, mm. nah, wouldn't touch it. I like uh, even Star Wars Episode Six, A New Hope. No, Episode Four, A New Hope. Seeing Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen as skeletons that scarred me. Oh wow! Uh, episode Five, where Luke cuts his head off, Darth Vader's head off, and it shows Luke underneath. That gave me nightmares, and to the point. Where I was at a friend's house and they put on space balls, <laughs> and there was the restaurant scene where yeah. it mimicked Alien, mm-hmm. which, funny enough, hello my same, baby, horror my darling, it's John Hurt, it's John Hurt, the yeah. same actor from Alien. That's mm-hmm. why he goes, oh no, not again. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that that utterly terrified me. I called my parents and had them come because I was supposed to spend the night. I had them come pick me up and take oh, me home because I was just. And then years later, when like horror, I fell in love with it and do you know which movie was the the light switch mom, for you mom kept talking about how uh oh I, you would watch the jurassic park goat scene again and, and again and again just scaring myself again and again until that's it awesome kind of desensitized i guess yeah, yeah yeah and then i went uh i was sleeping over at a friend's house and we watched uh, deep blue sea that was like the first horror movie i saw by myself and after samuel that, jackson yeah samuel jackson and after that, I, I just... Have, we are getting off this movie. <laughs> I, uh, I've had a love for horror to the point where I then I watched the original Alien and that very traumatizing scene like didn't faze me at all. I loved it. I think that's interesting because you know, like, I don't watch horror movies, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for some reason, when it's the combination of sci-fi and horror, I'm very intrigued. I agree. Um, Sci-fi with, is one like, of my favorite genres. Creature horror, I actually like too. You know, anything like mm. Jaws or Lake Placid or something like that. It's Ooh, it's Placid. interesting. Yeah, and I don't know why that is. I think it might be the that element of of exploration that might kind of 
new hook me yeah rather than just um because it's like the the unknown the curiosity that draws people in rather than just people who know better doing stupid things you know Mm -hmm. and to me or you get you know like other horror movies are just fixated on like the violence or the disturbance whether rather this is exploring something unknown and scary versus something you like know is scary and why are you doing that Mm. you know I'm interested to see, uh, I, I was introduced to a film earlier this week called Silent Rage. I don't know if anyone here has heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's a 1982 movie by Chuck Norris. It's a horror film. Really? Chuck Norris is in it. And it's a, um, I wouldn't say it's not original because films was done like this before, but there was this uh, serial killer who uh, Chuck Norris takes down, obviously, because he's Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris and then here. as the, the corners take away his body, they perform experimental um, testing on it, and they basically turn him into an like unkillable monster. And it, it turns into that the kind of the Halloween where he kind of a almost revenant. Turned to, what's that? A revenant. I've just been reading Andrew's comic hack slash where oh. they go oh, deep yeah, into yeah. bringing back uh, slashers. Yeah. So if like you, now he can't like people shoot like him that. and he can't be killed, and then Chuck <laughs> Norris has to come out of retirement to take him down. <laughs> I just. It just made it think, because you were talking Ain't about horror movies like that. And just I thought it would be pretty funny. We were talking about horror, but yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I absolutely love aliens. Yeah, alien. Yeah, aliens is it's a v- extremely it's a special movie where um, it embraces everything that it is, and very few movies can can do that. And that the great thing about this movie is that. You can watch it after Alien and be like, oh, this is awesome. Or you can watch it years later and be like, oh, that's so funny Bill Paxton is in this role. <laughs> and like, and being able to, like you said, like if that's your first introduction to Bill Paxton, <laughs> there's now people who that was their first introduction to Bill Paxton and they go see him in other movies like, oh, he he can act. That's good. I'm happy he figured Twister. it out. Twist. Yeah, he's like, bless your heart. Like I, even, like, I thought he, like something was going wrong with him. And it's really interesting because this movie was made at the time where you kind of have to have the notion that not a lot of these things have been done before, but we've seen so many movies that have done the same things. And so we go, man, it's not original. It's like, no, you don't understand. It was the original. And so we now have a bunch of cheesy, like sci-fi army kind of movies. That are odes to aliens. That are odes to aliens. And so starship troopers. Yeah. And it's so we, we've, we live so in a world a fun, fun thing where, about this, Starship Troopers. where this happened. And so when we go back and watch it for the first time, we're like, man, like this is cheesy and overdone. And it's like, well, yeah, because it was one of the first to do it. And so I, it's it's always interesting seeing that when we go back. Like even with Alien, when people are like, oh, these are tropes in horror movies now. It's like, well, it, it kind of kickstarted those tropes. Mm-hmm. And like the first Friday the 13th of the whole cabin or camp counselors and the slashing like that was all started with friday the 13th and so well and it's funny to me to watch like james cameron was just like could not do better in the 80s you know like everything he did hit and then you see him try to do that now and you get avatar and you're like Both, which is the highest grossing film of all time still oh, terrible no. screenplay oh, not <laughs> yet not anymore terrible story uh, i think i think game it's, it's it. the same with ridley and james like, yeah ridley's yeah. movies have not been as great as they used to be back then and i was gonna bring it up later but let's talk about it now where i post the question to you guys in our discord of 
one of the things I want to bring up is James, would you argue that James Cameron is a good director still? Where the idea of that, so just real quick, he hit, like starting in 1984, he had Terminator. Then 86 was Aliens. 89 was Abyss. 91 was Terminator 2. 94 was True Lies. And 97 was Titanic. And since then, he did nothing until 2009, which was Avatar. And he's done more writing, but if you go through and you look at all his writing credit, credits, it's Terminator stuff. It's Terminator 3. It's the Terminator TV show. It's Terminator Salvation. It's uh, Alien Colonial Mar- Marines that he's credited for. And now it's just Avatar 2, Avatar so, 3, Avatar 4, 5, 6, so I actually, 17. Yeah. I actually do think he is a good director. So there's a difference between a director and a writer. I don't think he's a great writer. I think his screenplay, how he writes characters is one-sided they're very surface level um but the things when i look at a director that's a person who has the whole movie is and is exploring the whole movie avatar as bland as a story it was the movie itself was a cinematic it's innovation movie and so and that's world building yeah. i think he's good at world building yes also. and that like pandora was in the creatures in pandora pandora itself was incredible if it had a different story taking place within the movie i think we would have enjoyed it more um and his characters are one-dimensional like that's that's what he writes but one of the things they were talking about with avatar is uh, i've looked into how they were doing like the 3d cg and how uh most of that movie is 100 percent cg and that's in, like it's insane when you look at it and you're like that water is CG and the water looks incredible. Uh, and it's just he as a director, he knows how to innovate special effects and he knows how to innovate the world and bring it up. And I don't know of any of his movies that like as you're watching it, you're just like, I'm just bored the entire time because he is able to bring True. out that entertainment aspect. Um, Terminator is a slow burn. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was his first. It's a good burn, though. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Yeah. And so that's where I, th- I would say he is a good director. He is just a terrible screenwriter. He's also extremely intelligent. Like, yes. if you sit and he talks about, like, he understands, like, the actual science behind, like, teleporters. And, like, when people, like, I watch a couple of videos where they'll bring on Michu Kaku, um, who's a well-known scientist, or they'll bring, obviously, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, other people who are more well-known in the... Uh, in the masses and they'll bring on James Cameron and James Cameron is right there with him talking about all these extremely scientific things and how they actually work and like is it actually uh, plausible for something this to exist and that he can the idea of that you see that within these movies of the the in aliens of like you see these certain like with the machine guns or flamethrowers or how ships and all these different and stuff works. airlocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he just loved, I love the airlocks, right? Yeah. When she was pulling up I was like, yep. That's, that's how space, space works. works. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Um, I I also think he is just his focus is pushing human ingenuity. I think that's like he wanted to be the farthest one to go oh, yeah. in he's, the ocean. He's, like he's he wants there. to push the limits of what we can do, and that was with Avatar. Like he wanted to push the limits of what three D CG could be. And to this day, like you bring up Avatar, it still looks really good. Yes. Like when you yeah. when you look at the CG, and it's been what ten years, and that's that's it's insane. True, you look but at, CG's kind of gone downhill. Well, it, there's a lot of movies in the two in two thousand nine era where you watching you're like. 
this is really bad. Yeah. Like, I remember enjoying this, but I went back and watched some of it. I was like, this still looks like it was made last year. It's no Pirates 2, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Davy Davy Jones is like oh, yeah. the pinnacle of CGI. Yeah. Like they're they're pretty sure like it was Wizards that created that yeah, because yeah. it was it's, it's next level insane. phenomenal. Yeah, the yeah the Davy it's really really impressive. Um, but that's where I I think he just wants to push that even with Alita like the stuff the tech yeah. that they used in Alita he was trying to push Alita Battle Angel Battle Angel he know. he produced it and Did, so oh he produced it yeah oh, okay and he he even he's, came out he's and, very much more in the producer role now yeah yeah and he came out and said that he didn't. He actually wanted to produce this movie a long time ago, but the CG animation just wasn't there yet, and he wanted it to look better than it or, could. Or even look at the next Terminator movie coming out with Dark Fate, where in the trailer that you see, Andrew and I have talked about yeah. this, is that at the same time you see some of the most impressive CG that you've seen in a long time, and then there's other times you're just like... I, I still give it up to uh, when they fully animate a human, it, it doesn't still look looks- right. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what it is. Is that there's the scene in the trailer where they have a fully CG human, and you're just like, well, jumping, looks, jumping, yeah, from jumping, and it looks weird. But like, there's also a scene where he gets hit in the face with a sledgehammer, and it reveals his exoskeleton See, that's, underneath, that's, and it forms that's back okay over. because it's very small movement. When people move CGI, it looks very like we were watching uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home. When he's out of the suit, it looks Janky. really bad. Yeah. When he's in the suit, it looks really good because it's you think of Spider-Man not as a human. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's a good way to put it. I just, I, I just, you just see with James Cramer and what he's attached mm-hmm. to. He's always trying to, like you said, push the limits. So kind of thing. I imagine, like you said, he's kind of more in the producer role now. With even with the Terminators, I wonder if maybe he's getting certain writing credits, but I wonder if he's like more in a consultation role. It's now, possible just to like make sure the franchise is. Going in yeah. a oh, direction. Well, he's done a bad job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, it's unfortunate what's happened with Terminator. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty much like Alien is the same. Yo, totally same sure. way. Predators. It's oh, just, predators. yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's just unfortunate that you know you can't really make a big big sequel to The Abyss or True Lies. So we're just lucky we don't have like I the could Abyss go for a True Lies too. James yeah. Curtis and yeah. Schwarzenegger so, together again. Great. So uh, here are a couple of interesting facts for you guys I found one So Michael Bean, he obviously plays Corporal Dwayne Hicks. Uh, Bean was hastily cast a week after filming commenced and thus was not present for the military training the other actors playing the Marines went through. Originally, James Rimmer was supposed to play him. And you guys may know James Rimmer. He's Harry Morgan and Dexter. Uh, he plays Ajax and Warriors. He also plays Raiden in Mortal Kombat 2. Hmm. If you guys saw his face, you would know who I'm talking about. He was originally supposed to be Hicks, but or, it was originally thought that he left because there was created differences in between him and Cameron. But later on, it was found out he was on a podcast where he admitted the reason why he was uh, replaced is because he was fired for being arrested for drug possession. Oh. And that so only for legit reasons. Yeah. So for really <laughs> artistic so, difference. So only a few shots of him remain in the film, which is where the team first enters the alien hive. Only his back is seen. This was okay. because those sequences were too expensive to reshoot. So there you go. Hmm. A little fun, 
casting what if the another casting thing is according to the casting director newt was the most difficult role to cast because school children <laughs> were who were auditioned but many of them had acted in commercials and were accustomed to smiling after saying their lines and hen who was from atwater california was chosen out of 500 children who auditioned for the role although she had no previous acting experience she also didn't continue acting after that she received an award for best performance for a young actor but she decided not to pursue an acting career and she now is a teacher that's funny because I, I was thinking about her like, what did she go on to do? Because even as a little girl, I thought she wasn't like I've seen little girls that are really good actresses and she was not one of them. And yeah. It was interesting to find out she only did one other thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's just yeah. like, I'm, I'm good with she's, acting. And she's uh, still very much a part of like the universe. She's on Twitter and like huh. every four, four, four to six day, she's always like celebrating it with all the people. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Cameron uh, opted to hire actors who who either had or could imitate an American a- accent. They went through over three thousand people in the United Kingdom, and b- before they were just like, "We can't hire British actors; we got to hire American actors." And that's when Cameron chose people he actually worked previously on with Terminator and Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, and then Michael Bean. Um, he actually had the actors who played the Marines were asked to read Starship Troopers. And undergo military training, which included running, lifting weights, learning salutes, marches, deployments, and maneuvers for two weeks. Cameron wanted the Marines to train together so that they would form bonds that would show on screen. And you actually see this in the scene where they open up the cryo chambers is actually one of the last scenes they shoot is because they wanted a sense of camaraderie. So, like, not only did these people just went through military training together, they've now went through weeks of filming with each other. And then now you wanted that this is the real meat and potatoes of their core friendship and family bond that you see in this beginning. He wanted to shoot hmm. that last because they would have been that much closer. To That's it. pretty cool. I would say that that does, I, you can give that credit to this movie is the Marines do feel like they are close. Yes. With even, each other. Even yeah. with how they talk. Yeah. So some people may feel, may feel weird. Like when they're going through the alien hive, they're constantly talking to each other. Hey, I see this on my left. Hey, check this on your right. And that's very a military thing is you're constantly sure. talking to each other. So people know corners. exactly what's yeah. going on. Yeah. And the razzing each other like. Oh, totally. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Or even like uh, Vasquez. Have you ever been mistaken oh, for yeah. a man? <laughs> no, I don't know. Have, have you? you? <laughs> <laughs> and the talking to Hudson. Yeah. Or just even that special bond you, you see not only as a, a, a unit, but individuals where you see how close um, Drake is yeah, it Drake, Drake, and, Drake Vasquez, and Vasquez are like so close with each other and that you'll see that um, Frost and Drake are really close with each other and that mm-hmm. there's different interactions and Hudson is loved by the group, but he's also kind of the scapegoat mm-hmm. and Hicks is kind of the, the loner second in command. And like they do a really good job. That's very much a military style thing of with rank is that there is the, the, the scapegoat within the group, but then a very strong core team. And then there's that second in command leader who has his foot in both worlds where he wants to be a part of the guys, but at the same time he needs to be in that leadership role. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes new, he comes off aloof. And the new lieutenant that they all despise. Yo, oh yeah, that's very much, that is a very real thing. <laughs> you can't spell loss without LT. Like yeah. that was, that's just kind of one of the things we, we go off of. Uh, there's other little f- small fun things that within this film, 
being former military is that like there's a scene where um lieutenant the lieutenant gets knocked out because the ammo cans weren't secured and that's a thing that's a thing we talk about in the military is make sure when you're in a vehicle you secure your ammo cans because they're gonna bounce around you're gonna get popped in the face with one and then that's how he gets knocked out is because obviously so uh, ripley is driving crazy you know to the gears he even t- he's like hey you gotta slow down you're just grinding metal on metal right now and that he gets popped because they didn't secure their their ammo cans and even the sergeant the sergeant just regurgitating everything the lieutenant says like he's on the comms and the lieutenant's telling him what to do he's like all right boys and he's making them do exactly what he's being told even at the point where they're just like hey i need all your ammo and they're just like what are you sarge what are you talking about right now he's like oh you know them's the orders because technically the lieutenant outranks all of them but he has the least amount of experience which you see when they talk about the combat drops they're like how many combat drops yeah he's like i have 48 like he's like simulation and they're like how many or, or how many drops do you have he says 48 how many combat drops do you have he's like two including this one <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like just and it, how, it shows how uh how experienced hicks is because he falls asleep during them yeah he's just and he's been around it this guy's like somebody wake up here yes yeah, <laughs> and wait do that he's one of my favorite characters the sergeant bone yeah he's he's really really great so a couple other fun things i found so this movie actually got made because of conan the destroyer mm. so um based on Not, the strength of that's his script the sequel to the barbarian it's, right? it's yeah. the sequel so based on the strength of his script for the terminator James Cameron was approached by 20th Century Fox to write an Alien sequel, but the outline he came up for Alien got a Aliens got a lukewarm reaction at Fox, and the idea was put on hold for the time being. Then, as luck would have it, the start date for the Terminator was pushed back nine months so that Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger could make Conan the Destroyer, the sequel to his 1982 hit. We all we just talked about this. This extra. Uh, three quarters of a year gave Cameron a time to write the full screenplay for Alien 2, not just an outline. And then the Fox bosses, when he was able to reapproach him with a full script, they're just like, oh, this is awesome. And then on top of that, Terminator came out and was so well received. That's what allowed him to be able to get aliens off the ground is that, that pushback because of Conan the Destroyer. So <laughs> thanks, Arnold. You, you <laughs> helped us out again. He's always saving the day. Yeah. So I don't know how true this is. I found out on multiple sites, so maybe you would know a little bit more about this, Ben, but I thought it was interesting. So uh, all the alien slime and drool is KY lubricant. So Makes sense. I fe- like multiple places. So I just like, oh, that's, <laughs> Did you know that, ben? that's a pretty fun. <laughs> it has like that consistency yeah. and the idea of that, it, that jellish. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny if that's actually mm-hmm. true, so. There's a little fun tidbit you can say on your next date. Hey, you know KY lubricant? It's in aliens all over the place. <laughs> I don't need to bring that up. Thank you. <laughs> they smother it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about their little tongues instead. Yeah. So originally, <laughs> bite people's heads. So originally, Sigourney Weaver lobbied to Cameron to let Ripley go the entire film without using a weapon. She didn't want to use a gun. She didn't like him. But Cameron talked her in uh, to coming to a shooting range with him. And she had so much fun, she allowed the character Ripley to have it. <laughs> and Cameron jokes on when you watch the commentary, when you watch the film, he jokes, he's like, another re- liberal bites the dust. <laughs> so, just thought that was a pretty fun... Because you kind of see that with Ripley. She's very hesitant mm-hmm. to use yeah. these weapons for a majority. Of it. Also, shout out to the hairdresser for... Uh, Sigourney Weaver, because I feel like her hair changes lengths like seven times during this movie. <laughs> like she has a big afro, then it's a little bit smaller. I think then she just, has a weird It's just haircut. Sigourney's hair. Yes, it's, it's kind yeah, of wild and all over the place all the time. Yeah, curly hair 
it changes a lot. Yeah, it can mm. be it can be tough. If it gets wet, it looks really long, short. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the <laughs> Andrew doesn't know how curly hair works. Nope, no, no idea. Uh, the composer James Horner uh, thought he had six weeks to wi- write the musical score. Instead, he only had three weeks, and he had to write some parts overnight. The movie was uh, behind schedule, not even finished being filmed, let alone edited when Horner arrived in England. What's more, he, he the recording studio he had been provided was outmoded, not equipped to handle the synthesizers he wanted to use. Horner called this experience a nightmare and ended up writing the climatic musical cue overnight. Coming away with the impressions that James Cameron film was too stressful and rushed, he figured he'd never work with the director again. That was until Cameron got him to work with him on Titanic. So I thought that oh, was pretty funny. Which was an incredible score. Mm. So. Also, uh, Alien scored earned at Horner an Oscar nomination. So the fact that he oh, wrote wow. Oscar-worthy um, theatrical music in three weeks like, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Some of it, like while the movie's still being filmed. is mm. Because more often than that, the composers, when they write it, it's the movie's already done. Like They watch yeah. the movie, and then they write the music to Unless go along with the scenes. Yeah, Hans and... And then uh, Nolan gives you a... An outline of what the movie is, and then you write the whole score based on that. That's because Hans Zimmer is the freaking dude. So. That's what happened. I, Interstellar. I imagine uh, Christopher Nolan's outlines actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I want to see those outlines, yeah. especially when you get to like halfway through. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to John Williams too. Yeah, if we're just yeah. going to talk about composers. Yeah. So and the composer from Alien, which is the composer of a lot of great movies, but yeah, uh, one of them was uh, First Blood. Oh. See, yeah, there's a lot of interconnections you see, like James Cramman's attached to is first blood the second Fox? Rambo. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I'm wondering who the distri- distribute the shout out to the whitest kids you know skit about John Williams. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's see. That sounds uh, like Danny Elfman. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It does, but it was John Williams. <laughs> 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 Distributed by Orion Pictures. Okay. So, First Blood is Orion Pictures. Sounds good. There you go. Gotcha. So, the F word is said 25 times in Aliens. 18 of those was by Bill Paxton. I thought that was pretty fun. So, the other cool last one I found was Sergeant uh, Apone was, in fact, played by a real-life Marine Sergeant, Al I think Matthews, I that, yeah. who was the first black Marine to be promoted to the rank of Sergeant in field during service in Vietnam. That's really, really cool. Did wow. you did you read about uh, that and Full Metal Jacket about the sergeant in that? And this oh, is an actual they, yeah. Sergeant. Are you Limerick? Yeah, they they both Limerick. and they both use assholes and elbows as a line in those different movies, and they both died the same year. The ver- oh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's wow. I did not know that. I just thought that was really cool. Did I think they, it's funny did they ever use that term in your training? Assholes and elbows. Yeah. Uh, no, we did more nut to butt. Okay. <laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of our assault style, but it's kind of a thing. So there you to go. each his own. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is kind of how it goes. So I thought we would have a little fun recasting aliens ourselves. So what I assign to you guys is normally with these, it's it's actually pretty easy to recast something as far as like who do we recast. But this film had so mu- so many interesting characters that even like even though like someone like. 
uh, Drake or Frost or whoever, like having it like there's 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 certain characters that you feel like you could see an actor play that role even though they're not in it for very much so i kind of left it open for you guys of who you wanted to recast so i'll go one by one to each of you let me know who well, you recast. i, I have a, i got. have another game that i brought oh so you can do oh, it I'll right. do okay last. here we go all right andrew you want to go first buddy yeah so for ripley i have charlize throne i think she's the that's modern day that's good the modern day sigourney weaver in my opinion yeah uh, she'd be incredible there uh daphne keen for newt uh, she is the, uh, girl who plays, um, oh my gosh, uh, the little girl in Logan. I can't believe I'm forgetting her. Oh name. yeah. The little girl uh, in Logan. Yeah. Which is a Spanish girl. Yeah. Um, I think she'd be an incredible new, I think she could do a better job as new as well. <laughs> she'd bring a more interesting character, uh, for Hicks, Chris Pine, uh, I, I think he does great in those roles of like just the male yeah. lead yeah. who is kind of silent. Laura was her yeah. name in Logan. Laura. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Zoe Saldana for Vasquez. Uh, so she's actually Puerto Rican and Dominican. And so she does have that. I think she could do that more badass ass kind of role. I know the, the, one you could go for was Michelle Rodriguez. It's the only it's, answer. I didn't want <laughs> that to choose. That is literally the only answer. I didn't answer. want to choose the only answer, so I was trying to think more outside the box, and it was hard There's, coming up with. She literally, Michelle Rodriguez, was born out of, like, I. Her I, character in Vas- Avatar is Vasquez. No, Vasquez literally <laughs> gave birth, and it was Michelle <laughs> Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Like, that's just, you could, like, if you start oh, yeah. this movie, like, literally, like, if they decided to reboot Aliens all the yeah. way, and they're like, before they even cast anything, find a director. They just all we know is Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> is playing Vasquez. Vasquez. That's all. We know. Uh, Hudson, Chris Hemsworth, I think, uh, especially after um, his Cabin in the Woods performance in the Bill Paxton role. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think it would just be fun to see him doing the that kind of character, more of a character that I you, didn't put this down. But what do you think about Chris Pratt? Just because you said Chris Hemsworth, that shot me. To uh, Chris he's Pratt. too charismatic. That's that to me. Uh-huh. I think. And Chris, Chris Hemsworth is not. No, no, no. no. I, think How, Chris, I think Hemsworth is offended. Uh, no, I think Chris Hemsworth is can be the more douchey role. I don't Maybe know not charismatic. how you get more charismatic than Bill Paxton's performance <laughs> in, in, in this <laughs> movie. I, w- I went a different way, so he's my character, my actor isn't like like how Bill Paxton is. And I okay. think that's fine. Yeah. No, no. I yeah. think I, I think yeah. that's okay. And I so just I, I was just bringing yeah, it up. Yeah. I was like, no. Oh, I, for me, I think about? Chris Pat. Maybe not charismatic is the word. He's soft. He's too. He's the. He's Bill, Parks Bill and Rec. Paxton is friggin' like. He's yeah, Parks and he's that. Parks he's and Rec. Like dog Andy. Poo-poo. He's Bill Paxton's character is all over the place. Yes. though. Because one minute yeah. he's scared out of his mind, the next minute he's like giving his life for somebody. Yeah. And by well, soft, yeah, he, as the by movie soft, goes I'm on, not yeah, talking he, about he, yeah. uh, being a coward. Yeah, he's a coward for. No, no, no. When I say when I say soft, I just mean like. Hudson like has he doesn't that, look believable as yes. a military person. Uh, oh, military, okay. or I, even right. just the mili- the the scapegoat military. He I could be a, a Lego military person. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. <laughs> I just think of Emmett for some reason. Uh, for Bishop Michael Fassbender, I mean David essentially in Prometheus and uh, Covenant essentially is easy. Bishop's character, and so I think he would be that. I think he would do a great job in that role. Uh, and then for Burke, I have Sam Rockwell. It has the Avatar connection and yeah, Avatar connection. Hmm. Oh, isn't that Sam Rockwell? No, no. Who is that? 
that plays the uh, I know who the you're thinking unobtainium. of. Yeah. I totally had that guy, but I got rid of him. Um, no, for my recast uh, because Burke is essentially Sam Rockwell's character in Iron Man Two, and so that's why I choose him for that role. Those, that's my casting. What about you, Will? I so if we're talking about like. Ripley Giovanni Ribisi is his name. Ribisi Giovanni Ribisi is a fantastic actor. Um, so for like uh, Ripley, I was thinking like back then, I don't know of any strong female lead like her other than Linda Hamilton in you know Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, uh, if we're talking about today, yeah, the first person I go to is Charlize Theron. Um, but however, Zoe Saldana could actually do a pretty good Ripley. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah. yeah. But for most of this movie, I think every character boggles my mind and I don't even know <laughs> what they're supposed to be. So like trying to cast it, I'm like, no, I want Bill Paxton to do that. <laughs> um, I thought Michael Bean did great. I don't bring him back. Yeah. From it, the dead. It, it's what Bill Paxton Michael died? Bean died a long yeah, time like, ago. Michael like Bean Bill oh, Paxton Michael died. Bill Paxton did. Yeah, yeah. Like two or three years ago. I did not know that. Yeah. It was shortly that's after right. tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. But uh, I love him in Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Live, die, repeat. He's like all of the other characters are just kind of like fall to the wayside to me. Like I don't remember them. Military Mostly because Bill Paxton's just yapping the whole time. And so he (laughs) gets most of the attention. But uh, uh, the the was it Lieutenant? The guy the guy that was in charge of them. I mean, honestly, like when he walked in, I was like, is that Keith David? Because it should be. Oh, the sergeant. Yeah. Not, not the lieutenant. Okay, the sergeant. But not Gorham. Apone. Yeah, Apone. But uh, having learned what you you know said about his uh, his Previous backstory, military. yeah, I was like, well, that I don't want anybody else to do it because, you know, that's just so cool. But, yeah, so for most of this, I just kind of didn't really want to recast because it didn't Our feel right. Game. Like, everything about this movie, I don't know if I could change or make it better. Hmm. Well, you failed. You can leave now. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, uh, for my Ripley, I actually would cast Mackenzie Davis, who is the lead in the new Terminator movie, Dark Fate. She uh, is in Halt and Catch Fire, and then she was the hooker in Blade Runner 2049. Okay. So I just like her look. She kind of has that long, slender, and she's now shown that she can hold down and kind of be that defiant strong female yeah, well, lead. That, that trailer, she looked so amazing swinging that sledgehammer around. Yeah, swing. I just want to watch that over yeah. and over and over again. Just breaking legs. Yeah. Or running around naked, beating up cops. Yeah. I was going to say it, but... Well, I mean, that's what she does. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's an ode to the first Terminator. Yeah. Like, you need your jacket and your keys. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so for Newt, I, I cheated on this one. I just said season one, Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown. Ah. Uh, that is changed. So, but okay. Yeah. If we can go back in time. So she young enough? Even in that? Was she uh, Newt is 12 years old in the movie. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. In the book, she is six. But in the movie, that, she's that technically 12. That way younger. No, than she looked yeah. younger. I agree with that. Granted, she was malnourished and abandoned. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like, I don't know a lot of children actors. Like, so I just yeah. went with the one I know who is a good female actress who did What's, a really good job. Yeah. At Especially because when, when, when you, when you mostly. think about them, you think <laughs> about movies that came out like four or five years ago. Exactly. And now they're 18, 19. Yeah, Lindsay yeah. Lohan in my eyes is still a, children, a yeah. child actor. So, you know, just kind of how it They're goes. actually like three years older by the time the movie this actually is, comes yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for um, Hicks, 
I actually chose uh, Richard Madden, who plays Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. Okay. Oh. Um, the other one that kind of came to mind that I thought would be interesting, I could see if people don't agree, but is Alden um, Enheinrich Reich. He yeah, plays, I don't agree. He plays Solo in Solo. Okay, He's so on Solo I, Solo. I do agree. Then. So I thought those two would be really good in that role. For Burke, uh, I chose Chris Barnell. I think he has <laughs> he a would very be interesting a great, voice. Yeah. He just I feel like he is that Paul Reiser's character. Or? Yeah, that's Paul yeah, Reiser's yeah. character. He because I think Paul Reiser does a really good job. At first, he seems like on Ripley's mm-hmm. side, and then he obviously betrays them. And yeah. I think Chris Parnell could mm-hmm. have fun with that role. Um, for Bishop, I actually did Mads Mikkelsen just because I that want be Mads Mikkelsen yeah. in every movie I watch. <laughs> so. There's oh, mine. Guessing is, Ben has Mads uh, <laughs> for, for Hudson, I actually cast another Stranger Things. I cha- I cast Joe Keery, who plays Steve in Stranger Things. Okay. I like his goofy... As who? As Hudson. 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 He just... Yeah. Ah, that I think, would be fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think he kind of has that mix of charismatic, soft, but like you see in Stranger Things is he can turn it on, like that scene yeah, yeah. in the first, in the first uh, season of Stranger Things when he goes and he gets the bat. Mm-hmm. But this entire time, he's kind of been a wussy for yeah. a majority of it. So I, th- I kind of saw parallels with acting on top of looks. Uh, for the lieutenant, I actually chose Wentworth Miller, and that's purely off of looks. The main actor from Prison Break, Prison Break. is yeah. he just has that piercing blue eye, the same face build, and then with the shaved head, I was like, this he looks like Wentworth Miller from Prison Break right now. So I was like, okay, I could see him kind of in that role because Wentworth Miller. Captain Cold from the Flash TV show. He hasn't aged in 20 years or what have you. Uh, For Apone, I cast Donald Glover because I think he could do a really good job in that role where after seeing him as Lando and just have him with a mustache just saying a whole bunch of one-liners, like the first thing he does when he wakes up at the crowd hanger is put a cigar in his mouth. mouth. I'm like, I think Donald Glover could have a really fun. And then obviously Vasquez, there's only one right answer. It's Michelle Rodriguez. (laughs) All right, Ben, let's see it, buddy. All right, so I have a game. There's five movies or TV shows. Okay. Okay, Okay, first of all, Ripley, Charlie's Theron. Okay. Of course. Uh, Apone, Idris Elba. Okay. Fast and the Furious. Prometheus. It is oh. Fast and Furious. Prometheus. Though, isn't it? Prometheus. What are you talking Fast and the Furious. Theron was in Fast and the Furious. Yes, she's the yeah. one of the, she's the villain in the last is Fast it, and the Furious. I is Idris say. Elba in it? He's well, in he's in Hobbs and Shaw. No, he's talking about the yeah. movie. They're so both in Fast the movie. They're both in the same 12? movie together. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, this <laughs> next one, I don't know about this child actor. She could be good. Uh, Henry, Henry Cavill as Hicks. Ooh, I would like that. Freya Ooh. Allen as Newt. Who's Freya Allen? Is I it, don't know. Are they going to be in The Witcher? What? How do you not know? They're yeah. oh. going to be in The Witcher <laughs> okay. together. Actually, she, she could, looks. Yeah, she like looks like she could play. Production w- still. Yes, yeah, she, she looks, looks like. Does she, she could play, play young Siri? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But she doesn't look like Siri. Not yeah, from the she, video game. Yeah, she does. Blonde hair. Is that? Siri? Oh no, I'm mixing up with um. The chick playing Yennefer doesn't look oh, yeah, that Yennefer much like looks Yennefer. different. Yeah, Siri. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yes. I was like, I remember seeing Stills, and she looked like Siri. So yeah, that that'd be Hicks and Newt. Uh, yeah, Henry Cavill as the Hicks. That'd I like that. Be interesting. Um, Burke, Jesse Eisenberg. You ruined my game. <laughs> I think we can all agree Jesse affected Burke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone if he had have to play anything? a character? I don't know who Burke is. Burke is Paul Reiser's character. Paul Reiser. Oh right, right. That's Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yeah. That's the person I wanted Sam Rockwell to be. And uh, hmm. Gorman is Joseph Mazzello. Who plays Tim from Jurassic Park? Ha! Tim? 
He Timmy yeah. Tim the kid yeah the oh kid. okay they were both in a movie together mm-hmm. wait what was the one you just said who was the other actor Jesse Eisenberg Jesse Eisenberg Jesse and Eisenberg and Tim from Jurassic Park where they Zombie Land no Social Network yep oh, okay yeah was he I wonder if he's like a lawyer or something like that uh, I think he's his best friend or his his pseudo best friend okay oh interesting uh, Hudson Walton Goggins. Uh, yeah, Walter Goggins. Yeah, yeah. That would be fantastic. Walter? Yeah, Walter Goggins. No, it's Walt- Walter. Is it Walton Goggins? Oh, I thought it was Walter. And then Vasquez, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, ooh, what are they in together? Resident Evil? No. No, he, Goggins wasn't no. in Resident Evil. Fast and the Furious? No. It's not Ant-Man. Walt no. Goggins in that. It's That's a Rodriguez movie. What? Oh. Uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez movie? Uh, yeah. Plant Hair? Machete 2? Yes. Machete, <laughs> oh, Machete kills. Kills again. There you go. Goggins is a really great uh, villain. Yeah. I love when he's in a villain role. He just he, comes, he he's plays a, really he, well. Like he, it's not a, it's Hudson, so it's the comedic role, but I think he would. Yes. No, no, no. He would do a good Hudson. Yeah. I just love him in movies yeah, where yeah, he's, he's the a, villain. He's a good villain. Did you and, ever uh, see him in Sons of Anarchy? He's the no, bad guy. He's the pseudo bad guy in. Amen too, right? Yes. He, he okay. plays a transvestite in which one of the motorcycle members has a thing for, and it's a very interesting. Right. <laughs> I just, I would just want to see, I just want to see Walt yeah. Goggins and more stuff. And the last one, uh, Bishop Benedict Cumberbatch, which is close to Michael Fassbender, because yeah. I, I, I see them on the, the tall, same, long, same, yeah, yeah, playing yeah. field. And then Drake, Mads Mikkelsen, a foreign kind of guy playing Drake. What would they be in together? Doctor Strange. What? There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> Andrew. Right. Yeah, that's Andrew right. blows it out of the water with this game. I hate you. <laughs> Four out of five. Cheater. Yeah. Cheater. Which one didn't I get? The Witcher. That's right. I got that one. Yeah. Technically, that's, I got Fast and Furious. It's my but... game. You didn't because <laughs> no, that they're, they're not, not in, in the, the same, same movie, movie together. They're both villains in Fast and Furious. Okay. <laughs> it's funny it that, that Prometheus being connected to the Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Franchise. It's pretty good. So normally we go on a Jesse effect, but. Ben did it. We already yeah, got he did it. it. It's Jesse Eisenberg. So I do, before we go into our last Show Me the Money, I do <laughs> uh, I do want to give a shout out real quick Okay. to um, wait, I wrote, Jake Wynn. He actually reviewed our podcast on Facebook. Ooh. So he writes, smart, right. funny, and insightful commentary from people who really care about the topic. Give I don't really care. I just want to give a shout. Thanks, Jake. We yeah, really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So. Thanks for telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Jake knows. Yeah. Jake Listen to Jake, Jake yeah, from now on. Jake we need awesome. more Jakes. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Oh, yeah, yeah I know Jake. Jake's as well. so. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so now we move on to uh, any closing thoughts, aliens? Heart. I heart aliens. Huh. I agree. I think if you haven't seen aliens, you should go watch it. Like The movie's a classic. All right, moving on. Final Little segment we got here. We have the show you. My favorite game. Show me the money. <laughs> so as of right now, our standings are <clears throat> Will, Will in first place yeah. with $1.8 billion to his name. Good job, Will. Uh, ben now. in second place with $1.78 billion in his oh. pocket. And Andrew in last place with one point seven eight four. So you guys are only separated by like, <laughs> like $400,000. So. But you're not too far away. Yeah. As we continue on, yeah. Uh, so what we million, do is each round, there's three movies. We have the adjusted for inflation um, 
money that each movie made and their job is to pick one of the movies trying to pick the movie that made the most amount of money of those at the end we add those all together for a weekly winning until we reach nine weeks and the winner gets popeyes that was 10 weeks it's yeah 10 weeks yes okay. you are correct okay just want to make sure no i got you but as we start out decide who gets to go first we do prices right 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 where i list a, mem- a, a memory uh a movie memorabilia that you can buy right now so I found a Harrison Ford signed Indiana Jones fedora. Wait, is the, is the fedora actually from No, Indiana it's a Jones? replica. Okay. It's, it's like a certified replica. It just, same lost, people. it just lost a lot of money. Yeah. 2,540. So Andrew says 2,540. Can I go 5,000? Ben goes with 5,000. 251. Ooh. Will Ball is 251. I hate your lowballing. <laughs> so Will is the closest yeah. by Price is Right rules, but he's not the closest actually. The price is $2,044. So Andrew, by 500. Andrew went over, but as we know, Price is Right rules. They suck. <laughs> will goes first. So Will, what I will tell you right now is the movie that is the most amount of money is in round three. But your chances of getting a movie with a high amount of money is better in round two. If that makes sense. Because whatever I choose or get stuck with, I get that amount of money. Yes. In round two, your chances of getting a a good answer is higher. But in round three, it has the highest grossing What you're saying is I get uh, first pick in one of those rounds. Yes. That's what I'm choosing. I'll take first pick in the third round. Okay. Go big or go home. Which second round, Andrew. Third round. round, no, choose. Oh, second you're round. taking second round. Yeah, Andrew takes second round. And I then... choose to take first round. <laughs> yeah, I wanted that. Good right. choice. Round one, Ben. Fight. First movie. You get to choose one of these movies. The goal is to pick the one that made the most amount for adjusted for inflation, nine dollars and seven uh, cents a ticket. Which movie made the most amount of money worldwide at the box office? Is it X Men: The Last Stand or X Men Three? Is it Pearl Harbor? Or is it X Men United, X Men Two? X Men United. Okay. Ah, oh, dang it. I have. Would you like to change no, your I answer? I already said it. Okay. Ben <laughs> takes X Two. Uh, we'll go to Andrew. Me? Not yes. Well, no. To you. Oh. Uh, Pearl Harbor. Andrew takes Pearl Harbor. I'll, and that will I'll takes take what Ben said. Yeah, X Men <laughs> Last Stand. I didn't say that. <laughs> you took. <laughs> Second one. Tell him that. <laughs> All right, round two, Andrew. Your three movies are Platoon. Okay. Twilight Part One. Okay. Twilight Part Two. Twilight Part Two. <sighs> oh gosh. Andrew takes Twilight Part Two. Will Twilight Part One or Platoon? I'll take Twilight Part One. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> you choose Platoon, Ben. Ben, you take... left with Platoon. <laughs> Platoon. Will. Your three movies are Man of Steel, I Am Legend, or It. Which It? The newest It. Oh, the newest one? Yes. Um, I Am Legend. Will takes I Am Legend. Man of Steel. Uh, hey, I'm next. Ben, oh, wait. Oh. ben is next. I keep thinking we're doing it clockwise. No, like normal I do it by who's... Man of Steel. It. You probably got the better one. Uh, not more than Man of Steel. So... <laughs> Man of Steel isn't rated uh, R. Yep, that's true. Uh, round one, 
Three okay. movies, X-Men, X-Men Last Stand, X-Men 3, Pearl Harbor, X-Men 2. In order, the movie that made the least amount of money was Pearl Harbor, which okay. Andrew got. Yeah. Next was X-Men 2, which Ben took. And then the uh, most amount of money is X-Men 3, that makes, which... That really makes which me Well, because a lot yeah, of people like to... Yeah, because it was before. Yeah. Everybody it, knew that it was trash. Yeah. yeah. This is true, but I, X2, I think, is clearly the better movie. Of those movies, I think Pearl Harbor is obviously oh, yeah. the best. So obviously, round two, uh, Ben. Just right it. You don't think ben Pearl Harbor is better than X two? X two? No, no. is pretty good. Have you guys seen Pearl Harbor? I yes. have seen Pearl Harbor. That joke. It's no, Cuba Gooding Jr. Baby shooting uh, anti-air t- AA uh, guns. Yeah, yeah. AA guns. Yeah. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Josh Hartnett. Liv Tyler. There's another one. Liv Tyler. Oh, yeah. always oh, Liv Tyler. Estranged. <laughs> Guess what Liv Tyler is playing in the next space an movie? An astronaut's wife. Yeah, an astronaut's wife, which she seems to do in every movie she plays. <laughs> She's always that estranged wife that's left behind. <laughs> the oil rig astronaut's yeah, wife? Na- yeah, exactly, from Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. I made that joke to Andrew. I was like, oh, here she is playing another astronaut's I'm wife. Like, and, then, and then Andrew's like, sure. <laughs> I was like, I was like eh, Andrew, have you seen Armageddon? He's, He's like, no. I was like, oh, you didn't get my joke. Yeah. <laughs> you should have so, said it to me. I would have got it. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I should have said it. I need to say more jokes to Yeah, you do. To Ben. All right, round then three. I'll make fun of you for them. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Keep saying it to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, round three. The movies were Man of Steel, I Am Legend, and It. The movie. What about round two? Yeah, what about oh, round, round two? Oh, round two. Oh, apologize. <laughs> so the movie that made the least amount of money is Platoon. <laughs> $319 million. Uh, the movie that made the second amount is Twilight Part 1, which Will took at $323 million. Um, and then Twilight Part 2 obviously made more at 327 which Andrew took. The game is rigged. It, it just, I, you just somehow <laughs> find the way to pick the worst. You kept going Spe- backwards. Speaking you of kept picking, going backwards. Speaking of picking the, the worst one, round three is Man of Steel, I Am Legend, It. And last place is Man of Steel, <laughs> which Ben oh, I got took. saved. <laughs> Second is It at 328 Barely made less money than I Am Legend at 330 So just looking at quick math, this week will won. will won Which but it is will very very it is very 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 close uh two four math actually no andrew may won <gasps> i will add it up and I'll, I'll but i got the first in both in so the first and second round this is and you said that in the oh, third that's round a good point. no you're right yeah you're the right most. we'll we'll be in first place we'll do quick math i'm not gonna I got make third you place in the first i will give you the updated scores next week as we continue on Newsflash, Will's still in first. Yeah, Will is probably still in first. Numbers. <laughs> I don't, I don't make box office. If, if you want to check me, box office mojo, you guys don't look at box office mojo. I don't know, because that will ruin the game. I don't find them from box office mojo. Like next week I come in, I'm just like, uh, uh, Rambo 2. And Ben's like, that made $413 million at the box office. I will take that So money. lucky we don't care enough to actually prepare <laughs> for this game. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yep. I just think... The reason why I like it, I think it's fun to compare these movies, knowing that more often than not, it seems the better movie makes the least amount <laughs> yeah. of well, money. That's, that's that's life, America. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, a, and sp- that's uh, America. Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse did pretty poorly, while uh, Venom did amazing. So, so that's, actually, that's found- all you need to know. A really cool thing about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse this week uh, on the animation side is that there's the scene where they're uh, escaping you the Doctor the, Octopus. You watched the same thing I watched. Where they're escaping the Doctor Octopus's uh, area where 
most animation films are are filmed at 24 frames per second and they do this thing where they use peter parker when he's swinging through he is at 24 frames per second but miles morales character is only at 12 frames per second and it's supposed to make it look so he's clunky and trying to figure things out um and that they're side by side and it seems that obviously peter parker's way more fluid in his movements because he is literally moving at twice the frame rate and then by the end of the movie miles is moving at 24 frames per second showing that he has grown as a character and thought that was pretty cool Venom, 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 venom. venom. <laughs> Speaking of, thank you guys for listening. You can find us uh, at Twitter at Nerd Weekly Cast, Instagram at Nerd Weekly Podcast, Facebook Nerd Weekly. You can email us at nerd.weekly.forever at gmail.com. Make sure you check out Biomodded, our video game podcast releases every Saturday. Also check out Origins Adaptation. Origins and Adaptations, which releases on Tuesday sometime. Gotta get that banana nut. Yep, yep. Also, next week we are doing Andrew, drum roll, please. What movie are we talking about? Princess Bride. Princess Bride. So Princess Diaries. Go check it out. <laughs> go see some Andre. <laughs> yes, we. We'll I actually through. wouldn't mind that. Princess I actually really like the Princess I, I actually enjoy that movie. Yeah. All right, where can people find you, Andrew? Uh, Lebearded Cooper on Instagram. Ben at nomadco 2 on Twitter. Will. Willie B Snazzy, on Instagram. All right. I, I found out I'm uh, Rod1127 on Instagram, so give a follow. I won't post anything for you, and I'll follow you back. So there you go. Nice. Happy birthday. As I continue my ascent to most amount of followers to post ratio. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't flag him or anything. Yeah, cause... it's not weird that <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't have any posts. Like That's just, you'll never have to look at any of my stuff. So. Yeah. Because yeah. on Instagram, if you're tagged in something, it doesn't pop up as Correct. well. So you now my wife can't ruin it like she does with Facebook <laughs> when I'm on everybody's freaking timelines because she's always tagging me and everything. I love my wife, but yeah, there you go. All right, thanks, guys. See you.